0: Starting into Halloween month with a little bit of chaos. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, is apparently a theme song that just won't quit.
1: Oh, yeah. I was like, what the, fuck that- the hell did you do? <laughs>
0: And Chris Figs and Saw Bridges, as usual. So Wait, are we still going with this? We just completely... Yeah, yeah, we're going. Okay. We're going in raw, as, uh, as Eddie... Um, I can't think of his last name. Eddie Murphy would do. Well, <laughs> of course. Look at that. All I got to remember is Donkey. Uh, so anyway... Welcome guys to uh, apparently another crap show of an episode uh, and starting off things as usual if you want to stick around figure out where you can keep listening to us if you're new to the show or if you want to figure out how you can watch us instead of listening to us of course you can do that on YouTube bang bang uh, but stick around we get into how you can communicate with us and be part of the shows uh, communities take section but we start to show off the right way always and that is a very simple what have you been playing Psalm, so lobbing it to you first this time you been playing anything
2: good. The only game I played this week so far has been, um, Dragon Age. It's been, it's been a no, Dragon Age. Why do I do I that? Like, Dragon, Dragon Quest, Quest Dragon right? Quest. I do it too. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, Dragon Quest this week. And I, I did actually a, a um, startup of Slay the Spire again, just for funsies. And, and because me and Chris were talking about something that you guys may see soon, uh, <laughs> so may see soon. Um, but yeah, not much this week other than like Yu-Gi-Oh! I didn't even play Sea of Thieves or Phasmophobia this week because we didn't do anything last night. We started kind of late into the night.
0: You're right. So we just ended up dueling, and then I got into some Phasma. Chris, by the way, me and you, Phasma, soon. Yes. Have you I'm played the it. Asylum yet?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I Let's think the Prison it. is my, my biggest
0: map I've played. Yeah, okay. So we got to do the high school and the Asylum and have some good times with you. I'm down with that. So, uh, Saul, you still liking Dragon Quest
2: Eleven? Yeah, I love it. It's I know it's gonna be a long game, and that's why I picked it on Switch to play, so I can pick up and play it wherever I am, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the couch in the living room or you know in the game room while watching a TV or something. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I didn't include it uh, in the news because it's kind of odd. It seems like it's going to be Japanese only. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, during the Tokyo Game Show stuff, they announced... Uh, or Actually, I think it was separate. But either way, they announced... Uh, you know Dragon Quest X was an online game in Japan only? Yeah. They're announcing a version of it called Dragon Quest X offline. Really? But it's still currently only announced for Japan, and it's going to be a version of the game completely disconnected from online, but you can still play the story and stuff out. Interesting choice. It'd almost be like if if Fantasy Star was like, we're just going to release Fantasy Star two offline. Fantasy <laughs> really Star story. offline two. Uh, but yeah, interesting to see. Uh, Chris, I know you're hopping into some stuff that you never really got into with the initial release. So uh, I right. go ahead and spoil that. You're playing Death Stranding's director's cut. How you like? I
1: it? am, dude. It's so good. That game yeah. is incredible. I'm Pretty blown away by it, honestly.
0: It's an interesting game in all in in every facet of the word. It's a game that you have never played anything like it and the chances that you're going to play something like it again anytime soon are probably low. Yeah, unless it's specifically from Kojima and a sequel.
1: Right, exactly. (coughs) Which doesn't seem likely, I guess. I don't know.
0: Ah, I don't know. You you know, there was a while back where Norman Reedus had mentioned that. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he was that he's heard they were working on finalizing in the second one so mm-hmm. you know something what, to think about
1: i guess without spoiling i i wonder what they could even do because i saw a theory of someone saying they would want to see like a prequel and i'm sitting there like if i haven't finished it but from what i've played i'm like that sequel or prequel just seems like metal gear solid
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know there's all sorts of weird things i guess you could go into but It's actually a conversation Saul and I had at work in regards to that. And that I'm not really sure that this game, it, it kind of makes you think of like the end of The Last of Us where a lot of people were like... You don't need to continue these characters. There's a Mm -hmm. very easy way to continue to explore this world and the consequences of what's happened without without having to continue to push a story of a character arc that feels like it's complete. And while that's, of course, up for grabs, I actually, and I was on that side for a long time, and I still think that there is an argument to be made that the first Last of Us game very easily could have been a one-and-done, fantastic story but i think the same is true of death stranding right you have I, I don't see any reason to revisit the world specifically through sam and really through any of the characters that we've already seen i mean i love a lot of them like die hardman's really cool mm-hmm. uh heart Man, or whatever his name is uh the one who dies and wakes up you know every three minutes or whatever it is uh, you may mm-hmm. not have met him yet yeah. but i mean he's already in the game i'm Depending on where you are, you, you see him very early on, but you don't do match with him. The last
1: later. character I met was Higgs. Okay. So yeah. I just had the whole Higgs thing. Yeah. He, and
0: even like Higgs, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know that all of those characters need to be further explored personally. Right. And I think Saul, were you saying um that you that there might be an interesting way to m- pull Higgs back in? Like if you wanted to focus on one character, or am I m- misremembering? I know we were talking about Higgs. We talked you couldn't about Higgs. his name. No, I was talking um, about her.
2: Just I like Higgs as a villain. Yeah,
0: sure. But I mean, I think that there's a fair argument for, in general, looking at it and saying this story is done. Let's let it go. But I know that uh, Saul's Saul's immediate response was like. I hope that they don't pull a Last of Us 2 and have it where in the next game you're playing as like BB grown-up.
2: Yep, nope, yeah. nope. Please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. would be interesting, No, it uh, but
0: I, I'm saying Actually, right, it'd, it'd be it would, interesting to see them announce it that way. I think that that's such an odd stance. They totally could. I mean, my, uh, here's if you think the, about most of Metal Gear Solid storylines. Well,
2: <laughs> my My pet peeve lately has been like, Oh, we're gonna make a sequel. Okay, it has to be twenty years in the future, and it has to be this side character all grown up now. Why do they? Why does games and movies keep doing this? Like, just dude, it could literally be a sequel. Something could happen two minutes after the credits rolled on Death Stranding, yeah, and it could take place immediately afterwards. I, that's my kink. Give me sequels that happen right as they end. The the original ends, of
0: course. <laughs> yeah i mean there are definitely games that do that actually one of the coolest things and it's been a while but that one strongly comes to mind because even they were talking about like the new god of war right ragnarok is going to take place some years later which they're kind of bound because they're dealing with a kid for Mm -hmm. atreus who's growing and he can't sound or look the exact same that he did so you kind of are forced to move the story forward in that sense um But, like, there is something cool about God of War 2 on PS2 ending with you on the, like, the Titan's back climbing Mount Olympus. And then you start 3 and you're on Gaia's back climbing Olympus. That's cool. You know, it's like, oh, I remember this. I'm picking right up where I left off, baby. That's a cool feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. So, it is cool. Excuse me when games can pull that off. Um, So, anyway, you have been playing anything else, Chris?
1: No, it's been mostly Death Stranding. I was on vacation, so I didn't play a ton. Um, yeah,
0: where were you on vacation at? Was that Vermont?
1: Yeah, I was in Vermont. It's really nice there. Yeah, um, sounds like it. But yeah, we were. I was with my mom at like a. She was at some conference, so in the afternoons I played games, and then we just hung around in uh, in Vermont. So it was good, but yeah, it was really all Death Stranding. And Death Stranding was really all I wanted to play. I tried to play Apex, and I was like, this is boring. I just went and played back to Death Stranding,
0: so. Yeah, like Chris's internal monologue that he was, or not even internal, I guess Discord internal monologue he was having yesterday was, I want to go see Venom, but I could also stay home and play Death Stranding. (laughs) I see that you decided to go see Venom. I did
1: go see Venom, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm glad because Venom's pretty good. It's really really
1: good. good, Yeah, yeah,
2: it's really good. So. What's your stance on the first movie? The first Venom?
1: Dumb, but really good.
2: (laughs) Okay. It's actually kind of, so I watched it for the first time yesterday. And that's kind of like what I stood on. It was like they could have did a lot better with this, but it's it's good for what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was telling him that the biggest problem with the first movie is that it has an intro, and then immediately after the intro, it a has second a second intro. intro. It absolutely, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and really it completely ruins any pacing that the story has at the beginning, uh, which is unfortunate. But the movie does get better after that. Like, you know, yeah. if you could, if you almost just start the movie from the second intro, you're in a better experience. You're a little yeah. more lost, but you know. It works out. Uh, that's cool. Um, I know that you were talking high about Tales of Arise whenever you're playing it. I mean, I know you mm-hmm. haven't beat it yet. Do you think you're going to get back around to it soon?
1: I think I will. Uh, something happened in the story, and for some reason, it just kind of took me out of the experience
0: a little bit, Ooh. and I haven't played since then. Okay, so something big or just something that you didn't care for?
1: It's, I don't I don't know. I don't want to... Something happens with characters and your party shifts. And I just kind of got to that point. I was like, ah, I'm less. I care. Okay. Less so, right now. so
0: every tells game, I guess so. <laughs> sure. I, this
1: is my first one.
0: Yeah. I, it's unfortunate, but really there almost always is something where it's like, oh, okay, well now we're going to have it to where Arvin, this guy that you really like and think is cool and has been helping you out. Suddenly, oh, he's from this other world and he's really a bad guy and he's <laughs> been working against you the entire time. Oh, 15? but not really. No. Oh. I, think that, that's not what I happen, genuinely but... can't remember his name. Yeah, I'm not saying exactly that. Yeah, But I kind of just lightly spoiled something in Zillia. <laughs> I mean... Zillia's good. Zillia's a 10-year-old game at this point. If you haven't played it, then... is I mean, my favorite. Or Hard R, which is... Yeah, Hearts R is uh, was pretty good on Vita too. The- I want to play Blue the Vita version of that. Still yeah, thirty bucks, all- so eh. oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's-,
2: it's not terrible, but it's also surprising no, considering the Vita, Vita game. I'm not saying yeah. thirty bucks but, for a Vita game, but the amount of time you get to spend with it's fun. And it's worth the thirty bucks. I will say, Tales yeah. games are long, and so if nothing else, it is hard to completely
0: argue their value. I mean, oh, I wouldn't say the- it's not
1: worth thirty bucks. I'm saying I would never pay thirty bucks
0: for a Vita game on the store. Hey, that sounds like a conversation we had like four episodes ago. Listen, if you haven't listened to it, go check that out.
1: <laughs> My sense uh, of value is not that much money.
0: <laughs> well that's cool i ended up uh getting back to death loop as i well i never got away from death it's actually the problem <laughs> yeah uh and i got the platinum so i did it boys i, I did the D. Oh, yeah. very good very great game and i got further into kena <clears throat> and kena's a weird situation mm-hmm. it's a really great game and i love so much about it and really there's not a single thing i don't love about it i just think that the game does have a little bit of a, an issue of a fraudulent identity on how they marketed it completely. Okay. And it's entirely based around the fact that the marketing and even the <laughs> first few hours of gameplay give you this like very laid-back, not very hard feeling. Mm. And it has like Zelda-esque moments like I was talking about where it feels like you're puzzle-solving and stuff like that. But the combat's not really hard. The puzzles are fun. You're never going to get a, to a point where the average person might hit this thing of like, my level of enjoyment to the level of difficulty are not equal. And... I think that there's a big shift that happens that you might have seen people talking about on the Internet because, I mean, it, it is something. And it's one of those things where it's dependent on how much you really like this type of thing. But the game suddenly at the first real major boss shifts entirely to a very skill check based boss fight. I, I don't want to call it soulsborn because I don't think it is. But if you want to look at the idea of a soulsborn being like, hey, your boss, this boss here is a check of seeing how much you paid attention to what the game has exposed you to. So in this area building up before, we've kind of introduced this mechanic, this mechanic and this mechanic. And we're going to see how well you really paid attention. And we're going to make sure that it's a little hard to really use that. Um so in that sense, it's also a Zelda-like thing because a lot of Zelda games use here's a mechanic we set up and you're going to pay off with it in the boss fight. But this one gets significantly harder really quick. Like, I had never died in the game at all and then I died like the first 10 times against the boss.
1: That's on crazy. On normal difficulty. Because I I did start my week with a little bit of Kena and um, I did I did get this feeling that turned up any higher than what I was playing as, it would kind of get to a point where I guess Soulsborne, like you said, isn't the right word, but close to it. And then, um, I don't know. I have issues with it in terms of just navigation. I think the map is terrible. (laughs) So, uh, that's me, but I haven't gotten to the first boss, but I'm not surprised by what you're saying.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I definitely felt like it was pretty easy going for the most part up until then. And then after that, the game kind of starts throwing stuff at you <clears throat> a little harder. <clears throat> and then you get the second boss, the second main boss, and she's also very difficult. And then the game kind of pushes you towards what you think is like maybe gonna be your final boss which is interesting but then it goes even harder to where it's like again it's all skill checks have you been paying attention and are you putting experimentation of the things that you've learned into play like right now I'm stuck on a boss I tried three times yesterday died late night so like I'm just gonna let it go um and it's a lot of the times there's things like there's okay there's enemies that whenever I was playing yesterday a little bit we got back from going Yu-Gi-Oh card hunting and um I was showing Big Seth, one of our friends, Kina, and there was an enemy that was see-through. And I thought, okay, I just genuinely right now have not thought of it because the night before I had turned it off as soon as I got a new skill. Wasn't thinking too much about it. And then after literally not knowing what to do with them and finally getting to a point where I couldn't avoid them because I had to to go forward, I realized that the skill I just learned lets me work. And that's a great sense of reward. You know, yesterday you and Blake were talking in the Discord about the sense of reward that comes Mm -hmm. from those kind of games. And it was cool when you think about the mechanics and you figure it out and the game doesn't have to be like, hey, use use Dash to make this enemy appear. Use this to do that. It's nice when a game doesn't feed it to you but makes you kind of be like, you know the mechanics. Experiment with the mechanics. I just don't think that the game does a good enough job of telling players early on that that's the type of game it is. Yeah. And then it suddenly is. Um,
1: I mean, that's why I, I, I'm
0: bad at Sekiro.
1: That's why I can't play it. Because I, I'm not good at that combat. So I yeah. like to over level. And then that game, it was like, hey, remember everything, by the way. You know, and I just couldn't do it. I was like, nah, I'm not good enough
0: at this. <laughs> yeah, and Row is the perfect example of that game immediately tells you, oh, mm-hmm. this is all about paying attention and making sure you remember every little thing. Yeah, Kena does not give you that sense until like four to six hours in, depending on how good you are, like how quickly you get to that first boss. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because like you'll have these mini bosses, and they're a little challenging, but nothing crazy. So you're like, well, maybe that's just how bosses are. And then you get to the real boss, and you're like, oh, God. (laughs) But the other thing, and it's actually funny you brought up Sekiro, because I I know that Saul and I were talking about this too. The ogre boss in Sekiro had this thing where people were talking about, it felt unfair because there was like a magnetism to his arms. And it's funny because it's a very similar move. The ogre would go to grab you, and he'd like lunge at you to grab you, and then even though you're off to the side, it would pull you into his hands.
2: It was wacky hit registration.
0: That exact, exact same issue. To the T, the move and everything happens in the first boss fight. You have hitbox problems where I dodge out of the way and then I, I almost wish I would have saved the footage. Because you see Kenna suddenly just like <laughs> into his arms and I'm like, this is bull. <laughs> and and then there's this other mechanic that goes on where you've got to aim at something specific and shoot it. And I hit it multiple times and it wouldn't pop the way it was supposed to. Uh, and so it's like either... Either the game is literally telling you that suddenly, six hours in, you have to have pinpoint accuracy with a bow, even though it's never said that before, no. or the game has really bad hitboxes. Like Either it was purposeful design or it was sloppy design. And I still love it, and I'm, I'm having such a great time with it. I just think that you need to temper expectations because if you go into this game, like I ended up, um, my best friend Blaze, I was messaging him, because his wife, whenever she first saw Kina's thing, was like, that looks awesome. And so I know she's been wanting to play it. And I have tons of reward points and Sony rewards right now. So uh, there she's getting surgery, and I know she's going to be down for a little bit. So I sent him $40 worth of PSN stuff and told her to told him buy it for her, made sure he didn't yet. Uh, and I said, hey, but make sure when she plays it that she plays on easy. Like yeah. She's not going to get past this first boss. Because at that point, I had already gotten to the first boss. And I was like, I think she'll love this. But you got to put it on easy because I watched somebody play it on easy out of curiosity. It's, you know, for a game to be on normal difficulty, dropping to easy, it feels like normal is like one of the hard levels. Like, you know, uh-huh. you know how games will be like easy, yeah. normal, difficult, master. Yeah. This feels like this is at least difficult once you get to this point. And easy, it's, it's like normal doesn't really exist. It's like it's either easy or it's difficult. And that's unfortunate. But I guess, you know, Sony's kind of been wrangling in that. If you suck at the game but still want to experience it, we're going to give you a way to play it. So, yeah. Even though this isn't necessarily Sony, but.
1: Story modes or whatever they are.
0: Yeah. But it's unfortunate, but I still think the game's great. And as long as you aren't opposed to the challenge, I do think you should pick it up. Or if you are opposed to the challenge, pick it up, play it on easy. It's still a really fun time. And the puzzles aren't suddenly made easier because of it, from what I can tell either. So, if you still want to have a good time, it's there. Um, uh, anyway, gonna move on into the news. Uh, first thing coming up on the news. Uh, excuse me. If you h- keep hearing me clear my throat and stuff today, I'm I'm kind of over a sinus infection or not over. I'm getting over it. Um, anyway, next thing. uh, first thing up on the list, rather, uh, Square Enix showed a new trailer for the Team Ninja developed Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, showing more gameplay, new characters, even more chaos uh before confirming a march 18th 2022 release date for this title much like the first trailer bought a brought a demo for people to try out and give feedback to uh this new trailer comes alongside a second trial demo for the title that seems to include the multiplayer component so you can try that out if you want um this is an interesting case for me because i find that the way that they first showed the game kind of got a lot of flack and I still think that there's some elements of that DNA in the second trailer, but the second trailer has far more Final Fantasy whimsical to it. And I almost think they should have used this as the first trailer instead of what they actually used. Um, And that's kind of where I'm at on it right now. This had more Final Fantasy vibes and I think it could have used that. Uh, I am glad that they're continuing to do their thing of put demos out and then learn from the feedback and then adjust. So Maybe this is going to be a better demo. Um, but that is what it is. I'm not excited one way or the other for it. I'm undecided on whether I'm even going to buy it. Uh, Chris will probably buy it because Chris buys nope. games and then never plays it. <laughs> nope. No chance. Uh, no chance from the man who brought who bought Sekiro, even though he's never. No, I'm sorry. You beat Dark Souls 3 by that point. My and Bloodborne. Yeah, let me, not, let me not talk bad on you. I've been in multiple of these games. I just bet. <laughs> and then you've bought multiple, played for three minutes, and then quit. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the honesty, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have. I have more. This sounds weird, but I have more money than I have patience.
0: <laughs> I, That's what yeah. it is. I mean, it's good that you're at least aware of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have, I have enough money to be like, I don't like this. I'm not playing it anymore, and I don't feel bad about spending it.
0: Did you? I mean, you may not have because it sounds like you just aren't interested in general. But did you play the first demo?
1: No. Yeah, I didn't. But either. I have. I have some feedback on the demo, if you'd like, because one of my buddies
0: played it. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Wait, on the new one or the original? The new one. Okay.
1: Say, he says, I say Stranger runs at 20 to 30 frames with dips as low as 10 at times and no way it's even 1080p. Easily the worst looking game I've ever played on PS5 and both demos have a PS5 exclusive, even though it's cross-gen. I'm not hopeful it will get any better. Ooh, that's rough. The combat is good because it's Team Ninja, and every game they make has real good combat, but the performance is unreal. It's like 720, dropping below 30 FPS on performance mode. I wish I was kidding. I don't even know if it's 720p. It looks that bad. So, if you like the gameplay,
0: I guess you can try it. Well, (laughs) that doesn't sound like it's good yeah i of course i expected combat to be good but that's unfortunate yeah. this is yeah. where we are so <laughs> all right next thing up ps plus games for october have been revealed and subscribers can check out pga 2 or 2k 21 mortal Kombat 10 or x as it's uh, you know shown stylized and a multiplayer tactical first-person shooter title called hell let loose that sees players fight world war ii inspired battles with a 50v50 squad um yeah, you know, not a terrible non- month, not a great month. This is very in between. And I'm a little surprised that they didn't try and lean into any kind of October stuff. But I guess what happens Whoa. is you get to this point where, well, hold on, what's, what's up?
1: They did. Um, Castlevania Requiem is also free
0: well is that everywhere because I saw for certain Asian territories it was but oh, I didn't I might see it be, here I'm, my bad I might be wrong then I just I saw that uh, and that's that's what surprised me because I would have thought the same thing okay a Castlevania <laughs> game would be cool um, but we're still in this thing where like are these terrible games it's a little surprising it's Mortal Kombat 10 when they're announcing right now end of support for Mortal Kombat 11 like <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not terrible. PGA Tour 2, 2K21 is not terrible if you like golf games. It's, it's a decent variety. I mean, it's a sports game, a fighting game, and then a first-person shooter. Um, but I don't know. I haven't seen anything on Hell Let Loose. I do remember. I think it came out in like 2019 or something like that. Um, I remember it was a PC only if I, if I recall yeah, correctly.
1: I tried a little bit of the beta.
0: I didn't like it at all. It
1: was very slow and it spawned me so far away that it took me probably five minutes to run to any sort of fight and it's very tactical so I got shot once and was
0: immediately dead deleted (laughs) deleted it instantly yeah not not your bag, huh no thanks (laughs) yeah I don't know PS Plus is in a weird situation right now but what I was going to say is I think that there's potential that for areas that aren't like you know i don't know where all halloween is celebrated at what points in time it's celebrated is it october for roughly everyone i genuinely don't know enough about the holiday but if not then maybe it's that because they've been trying their best to try and get uh ps plus to be like ubiquitous across everywhere which of course they're messing up here because you have castlevania only available on certain territory um but they try and get in as many of their games together as they can, and I wonder if that's kind of getting them to a point where they can't be as seasonally fitting as they otherwise used to be. Because I feel like used to, they'd always try to be like, let's do like a survival horror game or some kind of like like Killing Floor 2 or something that feels thematically appropriate for Halloween, right? Until Dawn. Yeah, Until Dawn. Like there's And actually, has Until Dawn ever been free?
2: Uh, not that I remember. That's not to say, though, that it has not. Until Dawn would actually be
0: an excellent ps plus game and at this point they could almost be like until dawn and until dawn vr whatever that roller coaster ride game is yeah Yeah. (laughs) so which wasn't bad i mean i never played it yeah i mean it's just it's a roller coaster ride (laughs) genuinely (laughs) there's stuff going on but it's like the tension's gone you're like this is a this is a theme park ride Right. Like I'm not that scared in a real theme park. Why would I be scared in VR just because it's there? You know, it doesn't really change much. So is that um, uh, good. Is it not in the PS plus collection until Dawn? Until Dawn? No, I don't think so. Which I'm also checking. weird. Detroit. That would have been an excellent that would have been an excellent addition. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is? Good. Yeah. Good. Because that's a good game. It I, is. Like a genuinely good game. It's it's yeah, surprising. I mean, the last platinum I got was until dawn. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. I forgot about that. I, I've reason. debated so many times going back and going for it because it's, it's been so long hard. since I've played it. Now and it's not that hard. No, uh I almost got the the one trophy, but I had one person die on me. Oh, that's kind goofed. of what got me. I was yeah, I goofed. I was goofed the worst character in the game? She is. Um, I actually think it was. She doesn't. Like
1: get my bag. Talking.
0: I think her head got chopped off. <laughs> I don't or think bed that's that all, really, or
2: whatever. Oh, that's uh, she dies in the Ashley. Elevator shaft, doesn't she?
0: You're right. That is Ashley. She,
2: she can die blonde, a, too.
1: She can die a bunch of ways, not just the yeah. elevator shaft.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only death I had, and it was because I was like, I want to go investigate this. I, I know exactly what this. you're
1: talking about. You went to investigate the trap door. Yep. And, and she got like, just. Oh yeah, yep, I love that I scene. Like, actually, it's I was crazy. Like, crap.
0: It got me, and I was, dude. I was like, I was sick inside. I didn't even. I I turned the game off for the day because I was mad. I was like, I'm done. I'm (laughs) done here. This is bull. Because I know the whole point of that game is to actually go back and see the other things. So it's like to witness the effect of like the butterfly effect thing, but. I don't know, man. It's kind of like I talked about with Detroit, which I ended up going for the platinum on, but it's so hard to detach yourself from that first playthrough because mm-hmm. it's like, that's what you feel like is the story that you experience. Yeah.
1: So I'll never watch uh, Breaking Bad again.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, kind of talking about PS Plus, the next thing up is actually PS Now. So rumors are circling around uh, October's PS Now editions with a screenshot making the round showing The Last of Us Part Two, which is definitely. A very high profile and interesting addition, if so. Uh, Fallout 76, Desperados 3, Final Fantasy 8 remastered, and yet another Zombie Defense HD. Now, that's all that's visible in the screenshot. So, there could be other parts of this that, if the rumor is true, hard to say. But for now, take it all with a grain of salt. It is a rumor. And if any of this is true, we should get confirmations within the next week or so, typically following their kind of roll through. Um, I think that. The Last of Us 2 being added, we're a year out. It's not, you know, at this point this isn't huge, but it is big. I don't want to act like The Last of Us 2 joining PS Now wouldn't be a big thing, but I feel like this would be like when they first announced God of War, where it's just going to be on the service for like a month or three months and then leave before another year or two goes by and being added back permanently. Um, But this, you know, Saul, you were talking about how sometimes leaks have this thing where they put just enough
2: oddball stuff in there. The Last of Us 2 is the oddball thing in there.
0: I, I don't know what's the oddball thing in here because they all feel so disparate that, like, okay, and they're, if they're smart, which I'm assuming whoever did this, if it is fake, is Final Fantasy VIII Remastered has already been confirmed that it's going to be coming this month because every month
2: they're adding Final Fantasy titles in sequence or order. Also, uh, Games Pass and, and PS Now does this weird thing where they like interchange titles, and Final Fantasy VIII's been on Games Pass for a while. So if it went to PS Now, you wouldn't be surprised, which is why I think that yeah, they, they, they randomly pull for these leaks, they pull things from Games Pass. And they do the same try thing and for Games Creedence. Pass leaks. They pull stuff from PS Now. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like these games are just now. Like, like it makes sense. It's on Games Pass, so of course it makes sense on Now. Yeah, it's on a similar yeah. service
0: or similar enough service. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll definitely see. I mean, <laughs> PS Now has been c- getting consistently great additions. Mm-hmm. As long as you're a patient gamer, the biggest problem with PS Now is that if you're not a patient gamer and you get all these games day one and try and play the ones that you're actually interested in day one then a lot of these are just like, cool, but dead on arrival because I don't need them. Like, I own Fallout 76. I own The Last of Us Part 2. I actually, I will say, Desperados 3, if that really does come, I was interested in trying it, and I think you were too, Chris. Yeah, I was waiting on a sale for it. So I will actually try that. That's something. Final Fantasy eight Remastered I didn't pick up, so I would probably end up picking that up, but it's we're in this weird thing where I guess that's still the boon of what PS Now and Game Pass are, but... You know, for times where Game Pass doesn't have day one editions, which is true sometimes. Like Scarlet Nexus is finally being added to Game Pass after being rumored to be a launch title Game Pass, and it wasn't. Um, And at that point, it's like, well, I've already bought it, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. us, or me specifically in this case, or Chris actually for Scarlet (laughs) Nexus. Uh, So. These services still have that benefit, but I feel like they definitely far more benefit people who don't want to hop on and be part of the weekly talk going on around gaming and more for people that just take gaming at their own pace, which is a good thing to do. I've kind of been trying to go back toward doing that, but still with a a tinge of wanting to keep up with stuff. So We'll, we'll see. I mean, PS Now has been a fine service for a while. It's just it's a fine service for a very select group of people. Uh, Chris, did you keep your PS Now sub? Yeah, I still have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured you would. Nah, I, keep it get it, I get it half price. So I don't, it, it's kind of like I get my PS far. Plus half price and I get PS Now for half price. So I'm paying the same for one, for both services that I would have yeah. won. So why not? You know, I never play it, it's very rare. But. No. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, Next thing up, Sony are finally making good on game trials as they announced that PS5 users will be able to download titles and play for a certain number of hours per title, free of charge, to determine if they would like to buy it afterwards. The first two titles from Sony to support this feature are Death Stranding Director's Cut, uh, which can be played for six hours, and Sackboy, A Big Adventure, which has a five-hour trial period. Uh, Should you buy the game, your progress, save data, and trophies carry over into the full game which is exactly what you want to hear uh and i'm always a big fan of when demos do that so you know people have been talking about the return of demos for a long time but for games that are long enough to allow this kind of thing a game trial of anywhere from an hour to five hours i think is almost always going to be the better option to suffice and give people this feeling of like i'm already this far into it i'm enjoying it if i buy it i don't lose anything um so how do you guys feel about this? So I'm going to go for you first. What are you thinking?
2: Um, I'm glad that we finally get this. It's been in talks for a very long time now, in a way. Yeah, um, this
0: has been in talks since the 2013
2: PS4 yep. reveal. And I think it's great. Uh, specifically, the first one of the first titles, Death Stranding Director's Cut, I think, honestly, that's one of the games that it gets a lot of negative connotations for just being a walking simulator. But it's like, it's more than that you just got to play it to to see and then when you like that's gonna allow people to be able to pick it up and play it and i think that's where that game gets its hook and i think that a lot of games have that where it's just better to pick up and play and more so to throw it in a genre and when you do that you have the option to do that it, it lends itself to being a more enjoyable experience in my opinion
0: yeah, I think that like uh, I think both of these are good examples because like right, Sat Boy is this weird thing where for people who didn't like Little Big Planet, they might look at this and think they wouldn't like this. Yeah, but Sackboy Boy is a very different game. It doesn't even play like a Little Big Planet Plus, like, game. It's a three like, D Mario game. Yeah, it's a three D platformer game. Yeah, it is. It doesn't even feel like Little Big Planet from anything other than visual tone and charm. Like right. you know, it's got all the hallmarks, but the gameplay style itself—if what you didn't like was a certain type of the way that the 2D floating mechanics were in Little Big Planet. Some people love, some people hated. This gives you that ability to not be like, I don't want to spend sixty dollars to find out that it's it's the same thing I didn't like before. Um, and like you said, Death Stranding is a perfect example of Chris even bought the game and still didn't get far in it. And it just the game does have hooks that have to get into you, and it doesn't mean it's for everyone. But if you can get that barrier of entry down low then you're good. I think the biggest thing that I'm a little, I don't want to say worried about, but is this going to be supported from people outside of Sony? And if so, to what extent? And do you have the same problem that people worry about with like Steam reviews, where certain games are short enough that they either can't use the feature, or if they use the feature, it's almost pointless, because it's like, well, you get 30 minutes to play the game, because it's only a a two-and-a-half-hour game. Uh, So, Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, I like full-game trials. It seems like an interesting way to get people in the door. I personally never used them. So for me, it's not really a factor, but I think it's a good thing to just get people in the door. I don't know. I personally don't know if five hours is enough time for dress stranding either. though, That's the thing. Really? Uh,
0: yeah. Or six hours, but still still. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 at, 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 with a game of that caliber, an extra hour is not really going to be the make or break difference. No,
1: because I feel like with death stranding in particular, it, it's one of those things that until you really get a bunch of the upgrades, it doesn't help. And if you you could go five hours just trying to figure out how to walk from the beginning to the uh, next station. You know,
0: I mean, you could. I mean, you're not. Which I guess at that point, isn't it on the game? Which I think the game does a fairly good job. It does of do a good shepherding job. If, you.
2: If you take five hours to do the first one, you you are there's something wrong. Well,
1: I more you would, just mean like you could. You could go and just be like, I want to walk and see what the walking is and then you wouldn't you wouldn't get a feel for what the actual game is, which I think is the story and the way it I connects think, to everything.
2: I think though inherently by doing that, you're spending five hours on that. That means you enjoy it or you wouldn't be doing it for five hours because it's optional at that point.
0: Yeah, you're right, which I get, Chris. I get your point, right, is that in this sense where it's a timed period instead of like a progress bar, because like I guess you could argue that there are titles where it's like, it's still the full game, but we just put a digital stop at this point. Like, you can play this game up until you meet Higgs, which actually might be a good, interesting thing, right? Play yeah. the game until you meet Higgs, and then suddenly the game stops, and you're like, I want to learn more, I guess i got to have to buy the game, because I'm into I, it. I think morning.
2: that's how that game works, the, like, two hours in, three hours in. Oh, I, I agree. But I just think that Chris's, Chris's
0: long form argument is that from title to title, including a game like Death Stranding, definitely ones that have more open design sure. to where you could do anything you yeah. wanted within that period. Technically, you could but I think it's more in the user at this point. That's my opinion. You for could sure. waste that five hours and not actually get into what makes the game good. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, does that really mean... That, I think the problem with that is that there are certain games that if you just let people play it up into a certain progress bar, they could basically play the game free forever. Because, like, how do you put a progress bar on Grand Theft Auto? Is it one or the other then? Is it... You can play this game for... 10 hours or you can play it up until this mission whichever one
1: well, comes first. I think it's the for me if especially like in terms of the example you brought up which is Grand Theft Auto I would just be like you can if you want to run around with a pistol and steal cars for the rest of your life. You can do it forever. You, know, you can do it forever because at at a certain point like okay you get to play as I think you start that game as Franklin. So you yeah. don't even get to like really do anything if you're not progressing the game. You know, you finish that mission with Lamar and then you can go run people over, but you don't have money. You can't go buy guns. You know, it's not it doesn't take any away from the full experience of the game, which is my point with Death Stranding. Right. Is You could play through a lot of that game and be like, oh, this is slow and doesn't really work. But then it's like, well, you didn't get the power skeleton. So you can't run and you can't carry as much stuff. So you're not seeing the real way that the game could evolve just a little bit further than where you're at. Like, I, I got to Higgs, I'm play, I've been playing for 12 hours, and I just hit Higgs, you know?
0: I mean, fair. And Higgs is, I think when I played the first time, I got to Higgs within, like, the first six hours.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I, it's definitely within the first 10. Um, But also, I think demos are, are really subjective in a weird way, too. I've downloaded demos for games I never planned on buying, just to see if I like the game. Mm-hmm. and see, yeah. if, see if the demo could course me into changing my mind.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Which I don't do it as often anymore because I just don't have the time and there's so many games I'm already interested in. But yeah, there was a point in time where I love that. It was like, hey, I don't even really care about this, but I'm going to try it because yeah. I can't.
2: Well, like back in the PS2 days where they had demo discs for my yeah. PlayStation magazine. And you get six games on a demo disc. Yeah, I'm going to so spend the day like, going through all of them. I found one on there. It was like Backyard Kids or something. Baseball? backyard or. no I, maybe i don't know it's like it took place in like a backyard like you were like a little kid and like you like i don't remember what you did it might have been backyard baseball
0: but i say backyard baseball sounds familiar uh but you know chris to, <laughs> it's interesting though because i think there are actually games where i was it, to be fair the demo and in this case i guess Trowel, which are interchangeable in a sense but um I played for probably, to, to like your Grand Theft Auto point, I played the skate demo on 360 for probably a 100 hours before that game came out because... I did too, actually. That, that demo was just soft-locked at 30 minutes. Yep. But you can yeah. play that same thirty minutes over and over, definitely. So yeah, I was would just play. Form. It would run out of time. I would exit the game
2: and then load it back up <laughs> and play. I think you had to install it and reinstall, didn't you? No, no you no. didn't. Okay. No, it, one, one, all you had
0: to do was close. It was just thirty minutes from the time you opened the like you loaded into.
2: One done. skate demo was like that.
0: Oh, uh, it's unfortunate. Where,
2: I think it was Skate Two, because it had it had the level where it's like did skate was it Skate Two that had like the little dam area, it had a real big old hill.
0: Well, Skate One had one too, but Skate Two does have that. Well,
2: yes. and that's—I think it was Skate Two specifically because that's where the demo was. It wasn't in a park like One was. Yeah, yeah. And that was the one that like it was like buy the game, you're out of time, and there's like cool. And you you thought you could just go right back into it, but it's it just takes you back to that screen. It probably so you put like download a, and reinstall. Uh,
0: yeah, software soft lock on it yeah. until you reset that by. Changing what what probably happened is that they saw that everybody they probably had some kind of data that was like, bro, people just played the skate demo <laughs> for yeah. hundreds of hours, and that might have stopped them from wanting to buy the game because they could just do all the fun stuff okay. in this small area.
2: Skate one is better than Skate two. Skate one is better than
0: Skate two. That's not even a controversial <laughs> opinion. Uh, but yeah i think that this is overall a good thing and like you know going back to the thing of whether or not other people are going to support it i mean ea have been doing this on their own for ea play for a while Mm -hmm. so it's more of like smaller publishers and stuff are they going to pull in like am i going to be able to play play like the surge 3 which i doubt there will be but (laughs) am i going to be able to try that out on game trial through sony's supported system on ps5 or Mm -hmm. or not um It's also interesting to see that while this is finally coming around, it's not coming around as part of PS Now, which is what it was originally sold as way back when. It was You're going to be able to use the power of Gaikai servers to stream the game without downloading it and go through. It looks like now you go to the PS Store, you go to the game, and then you click where it says Free Trial, and and you download it, and you play. And then when you buy it, I think you just literally unlock the soft lock in the software, and then you just keep playing.
1: I like that. That
0: That's very cool. So, I, I mean, it's interesting. We'll see how that ends up unfolding in the long term. But it's glad to see that something Sony's been talking about for over, a uh, not uh, over a decade, uh, but for say, nearing yeah, a decade. Not a decade, but close. Yeah, for nearing a decade has finally come around. Um, God, hearing the words Gaikai come out of my mouth is interesting. Nobody remembers Gaikai. I mean, it's the whole reason PS now exists. (laughs) Uh, Next thing up, new Twisted Metal game rumors continue to build as it's now being said that the Destruction All-Stars developer Lucid, and if you don't remember Destruction All-Stars, I wouldn't blame you. Um, That is, of course, a little car combat game that was uh, PS5, not launched, but pretty close after launch game. Uh, The interesting part here that honestly kind of feeds into what happened with All-Stars is that the game is apparently going to be taking on a free-to-play model. Of course, this is just rumor, so supposedly. Um, which would not surprise me, because that's basically what happened to Destruction All-Stars. It went from being a $70 game <laughs> to a $70 game that was free on PS Plus to a game that if for some reason you didn't have PS Plus, you could buy for $20. At this point, I think that they know that these types of games, or at least lucid developing these types of games, is not going to support a $70 price tag. The bigger question here is can lucid actually do this so chris do you have any thoughts on that
1: um i don't know i think this is a shocking choice to have a develop your uh, beloved game here your oldest ip ever yeah <laughs> twisted metal from lucid i don't know i don't really get why you would do that but i hope
0: it's good i mean you know The we talked about how there's they're wanting to do a game as part of the show, right? That that was the initial rumor is that they want to do a game because of the show. The the main menu screen
2: is going to be Sweet Tooth doing the Fortnite dance. Oh God,
0: my actual thought process here, if this is true, and I could and I guess I'm playing through like how I see, I could see it being true, is that while Destruction All Stars didn't necessarily hit well. They have a relationship with this developer who made a game that was technically pretty sound and but gave it a new IP that just didn't have any sticking power. Twisted Metal is an, a long-running IP that already has an attached name and that will pr- draw people in. So the chance of day one success is a lot higher in many ways than what the chance for day one success for uh, All-Stars was ever going to really be. Uh, and that's maybe not right because you have the benefit of All-Stars being a PS5 launch game, so there's a lot of attention on it. But regardless, following through, my thought process is that since the show is going to be by nature focused on characters, because it's what the show would be about, uh, that they're going to use this as an opportunity to look at All-Stars' ability to get out of your vehicle and tie that into Twisted Metal somehow to where you'll be able to jump out of the vehicles as these players run around Please the stages no. and stuff Please and no. then go back in. No, I don't think that's the right call. No, but I feel like that's probably something that's going on here. Please No, they might not though, <laughs> but I think otherwise, why would you be looking specifically at lucid? Right?
2: Well, because uh cytonics or whatever it's called. It is for a uh, rocket. League's too busy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, okay. There's an extra layer of weirdness here that was actually pointed out by David Jaffe. Um, which is fair. I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's impossible by any means, but twisted metal was never big in the UK and lucid is a UK developer. Yeah. And at that point it would feel like the game has a very American edge to it. And like, these are very close to J- Jaffe's words, but they're true. The game has a very Americanized edge to it. And that's why it always did really well in America, Australia, and Canada to a degree. Uh, but definitely the U S was its biggest thing. I don't know that getting a UK developer to do it is going to necessarily fill the audience that actually gave you any kind of income from that. Again, unless the goal here is to use Lucid and their UK-based sensibilities to change Twisted Metal in a way that makes it more popular outside of the US. But at that point, why are you going to... I don't want to say bastardize. That's strong. But why are you going to take a franchise that you have a built-in expectation with and hand it to somebody to probably change drastically?
2: I don't know. I don't really agree with any of that. <laughs> I don't think that that's, I don't think it's going to sell anymore if it's based, if it's made in the UK versus America. Oh, I not. don't
0: mean, I don't mean that. I mean, like, uh, I
2: don't think that had any influence design, on it.
0: Design uh, choices that are different between the very heavy Americanized versions of Twisted Metal that Jaffe leaned on in the early 90s. You know yeah, what I mean?
2: But versus what it would depends be there. on how they change. Cause if they change it, at that point, it start. It's going to lose sales more so because it's losing what is twisted metal.
0: Well, that's kind of what I meant. Is that from you're going to lose the built in market that you would ostensibly have for twisted metal, potentially at least a very strong chance, while trying to gain new market share somewhere else. If the actual goal, if that's a big if, if the goal is to change. The DNA of the game to a degree that non US territories
2: find a bigger draw to it. I don't think that's why they're going to change the game. I think they're going to change the game uh, for younger audiences.
0: Really? So you think they take away the rated image I, to well, try and pull that's, into that's, that bigger, like PG 13? Probably. I should or say PG 13, uh, but you know what I mean. E.
2: Yeah, T. Uh, what T, what yeah. I should say is is that if they're going to change the game, that's what they would do. They would absolutely. Uh, market it in a more cartoony, jokey way that would be more heavily on kids, because at that point, especially a game like this that would be very similar to something of the likes of Rocket League or um, Destruction All Stars, is that it's going to be, it's going to have microtransactions in it. Sure, it's gonna be online, it's going to be an online game. And the part, the the one that is what
0: it just it, it crossed my mind. Oh, it is T. There
2: have well, no, only this one. I don't know what that one is. I've never seen that
0: cover art. It's RC cars. <laughs> uh, it, it was a. Uh, it was actually made by Incog. Uh, same well, people who crazy, Twisted Metal. Think
2: about it this way: back then, RC cars were a kid thing. Yep. they are not now at all. That kids these days probably don't even. I'm gonna sound like a boomer. <laughs> yeah. Kids these days probably don't even know what RC cars are in the same regard we did. Uh, that maybe. was like that was like the way we grew up was like little Hot Wheels tracks and stuff like that. And I'm not saying kids don't grow up with that nowadays. But I'm saying that was the way to to kidify something back then. That yeah, is not yeah. the way to kidify something now. So
0: there is at least a history of twisted metal literally scaling back in a sense to be able to hit a larger age group.
2: Minion's gonna dab, and Sweet <laughs> oh, Tooth God. is gonna Fortnite dance, and that's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be yeet.
0: Well, also, that's my biggest concern, right? Is I don't, I didn't even have huge problems with the way that uh, Destruction All Stars like style was, but it was very Fortnite esque, and that's that's fine. I just don't think that that's a right move for Twisted Metal. Not to say that they would do that if they even are developing it. Yeah. It's just that's the thought that comes to your mind when it's the only game you've seen them do.
2: I had two major problems with that game, and one was the getting out of car mechanic. While that while that sounded so cool on paper, it just failed miserably. It, it went from really fast pacing to like all of a sudden. It's like when you're driving on the highway for like three hours on a road trip and then you get into town exactly. and it feels like a 40 miles per hour is 10. Yes. That's what that game felt like when you're out of the car. When you're running in person, it felt like you were going 10 miles an hour. And all of that, but th- there was there was some like, I mean, it could have been, that could be tweaked, uh, or this could be tweaked was the way that the cars controlled. There was a little bit of like a uh, fish tailiness to them. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like. love the way that the, the physics yeah, system felt. That, and that all could be adjusted. I think the core sure. gameplay problem though that it had was just the 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 car combat or out of car combat.
0: Well, yeah, and that game was very ram based where twisted metal is very weapon based
2: yeah absolutely uh and again doesn't mean they can't do it
0: i just think that they're very different games and, and head so the comparisons that draw from being told this i mean ostensibly they would be very different games but twisted metal on psp that's my favorite one head-on it was head-on. a remake of the first, first one i think one, yeah. yeah Twisted Metal head a good game Boy, uh, but yeah is. twisted metals always had like a very consistent style to it but it's also because david jaffe's been pretty much part of all of them so i think he's a big the big question for there, but also, twisted metal has waned in popularity over and over and over. So, arguably, it wouldn't be the right move to pull David Jaffe in.
2: I say, has he been invited? Invest- I wonder if he's been invited back for this.
0: Well, actually, that's what he's talking yeah, about. not. Exactly. Because this is a rumor. He said he hasn't, and he says if for some reason this actually is true, and he's not, that he at least feels like he should have gotten a call. Which I think that that is also the courteous thing to do. But you know, I don't think he would even be part of it right now. It's just it's weird i mean there is a very specific feel and idea behind twisted metal the bigger thing is how much can you actually pull from that nostalgia because the last time we got a twisted metal game they weren't pulling on nostalgia nearly as much as the industry does now wasn't
2: that black or is it Four? uh it
0: was it was just called twisted metal ps3 uh it was twisted metal in name only great game loved much. it really good but i don't think there was a hunger for the nostalgia of twisted metal that there might be now um but I think, interestingly enough, maybe. depending on what they do, free-to-play might work. It's just Twisted Metal always had story components, and I don't think that this would be, as a free-to-play, I doubt it would have a story component. Like, maybe a story component insofar as, like, Apex has character lore. But that's about all I can think of. What yeah, was I wouldn't really Metal call it... Uh, Black? What are you talking about? Twisted Metal on PS2? Um, yeah, Black. Twi- Black. That's well, the it, and one. it
2: got an HD remaster for PS3, then. Uh, it got... No, oh, it got, it got, it got, a, it got a PS2
0: classic release on both PS3 okay. and PS4, where you could
2: download and just play the PS4. Was that version. the only Twisted Metal on PS2? Yes. It what was. am I? Maybe that is what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of across PS2 and PS3. Something there's two for some weird reason. Yeah,
0: PS it was black
2: and then a long. Well, I say a, that like I'm a, of a level, like that. a six year break, and then Twisted Metal PS3. That big is it a big arena in that game too? Uh,
0: it depends. Almost like all circular? the games have
2: big circular arenas, so it's it's. I guess yeah. This is like a football field.
0: Well, well, there's a map in the PS3 version that has a football field, but the maps in PS3 were huge. That might be one. And actually, the PS3 felt great to drive your car in comparison to all the previous ones.
2: Uh, Head on was good.
0: Head on was a great game. Yeah, it is, and definitely for PSP, like it it
2: controlled exactly as you would want for a little handheld system. Cheats had the opportunity to ruin that game, though. (laughs) There were so many head on tweet or cheats. Yeah, we'll we'll see what ends up coming (laughs) from this,
0: but I don't know. I, I think that there's just so many questions about. And I don't really think, I I said it a little harsh a second ago, I don't... Maybe the only way to make Twisted Metal genuinely relevant again is to change it drastically. Or, lean into the fact that people may have a nostalgia for it now who didn't back in 2011 or 12 or whenever it was, and lean into that now by making a Twisted Metal game that just is heavy on nostalgia. Yeah. And if you can do that at the same time as the show, you're probably going to draw people in and If you get that flash in the pan, if nothing else, then good. But uh, again, this kind of makes me think of Sony talking about wanting to have more multiplayer games. I mean, this could definitely be that. I think that's what all stars was meant to be. It just didn't work. Fell flat. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um, Next thing up, after wondering why God of War Ragnarok slipped out of 2021 and assuming it was part of the COVID hit on the industry, which most people did, including us, uh, Kratos' voice actor and mocap actor Christopher Judge this week stated that the delay was in large part due to him. In a tweet, he confirmed that he had to undergo back surgery and two hip replacements alongside knee surgery and that Sony Santa Monica waited so that he could continue his work as Kratos and honored his privacy by not talking about the delay or what caused it. Um, so, I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit more to this, and I'm sure there's a little bit more to the actual delay, but this would clearly push the game back a lot. Definitely for a studio, that the whole first game's point was that they were able to mocap the actors alongside the voice work in a way that they hadn't done previously with the series.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that man did a lot of stuff on Stargate, stuff like that, for like stunt-wise. I yeah. can absolutely see that being, you know, I, I can see as, as he gets older, he, his he's feeling it yeah so
0: to that degree i think that this is a cool move this is clearly a great pr thing even though interestingly enough it it came out through twitter and he said he he didn't ask for permission (laughs) so uh i'm sure that while sony might have freaked out for a second they were probably in the long run like this actually gives us great pr points right now (laughs) so uh interesting to see (laughs) um so, with that in mind, and thinking about the fact that they had to delay doing mocap and stuff work, if you guys had to like guess an internal date, like what do y'all think? Like, do y'all think we see this next year?
1: August twelfth, twenty twenty three.
0: What was that? October August twelfth, twenty twenty three. Yes, we're going to have a twenty twenty three cross gen PS four game. Well, to uh, be honest, I've been, now.
1: I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think the reason they announced twenty twenty one. Was because they knew it was ridiculous to have a 2023 PS4 game, and but they wanted they to d- delay back. Yeah, that's re- that's 100 what I think because it's it's absolutely abhorrent to have a PS3 a PS4 game coming out three years later. But if the game's been delayed and we have a PS4 port ready, we might as well just put it out. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're doing. It's clear to me that's what they're doing.
0: Well, to support that little, there is a little bit of odd math in his tweets. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard this. Go for it. Uh, So, someone else has talked about this? Yes. So, when he said it, he said all of this happened in August of 2019, is when he found out. And I said, okay, so in August, they knew, but we didn't get that trailer that said 2021 until mid 2020. So, they knew internally at that point that they had not started or that they had paused mocap mm. and voice work for this, and they still put a 2021 release date on it.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it was it was always a 2023 game.
2: They could never admit it, but it's clear to me at this point. I'm going to hit them with all 12 or 11. 11, 11, 2022. <laughs> okay. 11 it plus 11 be, will be 22. So 11 plus it'd 11. would be very 11, funny
1: 22. if this was like a later half of December game. And they're like, well, it's not 2023, but yeah. <laughs> December 29th,
0: 2021. We scooped it in right under the, right under the bar. Look, Although there's, I don't think there's cool that, parts about this, actually. but as soon as I saw it, my initial thought was, those dates don't add up.
1: Yeah. Like, it's probably true, but it's more on Sony and their announcements.
0: Yeah, so he's probably was-
1: like, yeah the game was delayed because of me. But it was delayed from 2022 to 2023. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But look, it's cool. I'm glad that they did that. And, I, and people are saying, like, why don't they use somebody else? I mean, a big part of why they even went away from T.C. Carson, which I've heard they've him, they've done him dirty speaking to T.C. Carson, he said that he wasn't even told. Like, he wasn't called and said, mm-hmm. hey, we're going a different route. Who's T.C. Carson? You. The original
2: voice actor for Kratos. Okay. Sorry, uh, Final,
1: fin- or Final Destination
0: <laughs> hey, 5,
1: what's up? I think.
2: Sounds right. I have a very unpopular opinion regarding this. Yeah, they're not entitled to know that or to get a call or to do anything. Nobody is like the same thing. I love David Hader's snake. but he had a big man, baby cry fit when he's like, They didn't even tell me. Okay, you're not entitled to know. You're just like, I get it. You want to know, but you're not entitled to be kept in the loop when your contract's over. Your contract's over. They don't have to hire you, they don't have to tell you they're hiring somebody else that that's it like no, that's, they don't that's how to. it is for any industry for I any think it's contracted a, professional
1: it's a courtesy it's, thing i think exactly. more than a, but, right. yeah,
2: we're not saying that like they
0: and I'm, again not but it, no one is no one here of course including you is saying that there's like some illegal big yeah. hit against crime against humanity
2: oh but, people act like that with david hayer they're like oh i don't they like they well, like, acted that way they did not I'm like, well, i know but that's the thing like it's like yeah. it's it, it's to me, you're, if I'm contracted for something mm-hmm. and my contract runs up and then all of a sudden I hear that Keith Settlement's is replacing his voice, that sucks. But I'm not going to throw a rant and say I wasn't told this because it's yes. not – I wouldn't expect to be told.
0: So – and, and uh, of course – this is just for their sake. Of uh, in case they were trying to say these are similar situations. Uh, TC Carson didn't make a big fuss about it. He right. was, he was asked something in regards to an interview he was doing about uh, how he felt about not going back to call uh, to uh, do Kratos uh, or why he didn't do it, and it was just. They didn't tell me. That 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 he was like they didn't tell me. You know, I, I would have liked to have known, but they didn't tell and me. And and that was it. Yeah. And he's never really brought it up again.
2: That's completely so, appropriate line of thinking. I'm just saying in yeah. the same vein of this, the way people freaked out with David Hayter yeah. is not appropriate, in so, my opinion. In large you, part because David Hayter freaked out. Yes.
1: <laughs> you guys can probably answer this question for me, but I've always been trying to figure this out because I'm not a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. David Hayter did not get replaced in Metal Gear Solid five.
2: He got he replaced didn't. in Ground Zeroes.
1: But he's playing a different character.
2: Mm. Who is he? Oh, uh, no, Keeper no, no. Sutherland is... no, pro- no, no, yes, no, 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 is. no, No, hold he's on. He's, no, he's playing,
0: playing a character... You're all right that he's not... He's playing a character that they- David Hayter has voiced in a previous okay, game. Okay, so
2: hold on. Okay. I'm going to say this right now. Uh, if you don't care about Metal Gear Solid 5, uh, skip the next two minutes. Uh, okay, okay start stupid. now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Metal Gear Solid 5, uh, the... the there's like, there's really, there's real big boss in the beginning and it's still Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. He's the one that carries you out of the hospital. Also not only that, but he's ground zeros, which is real big boss. And that's also Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. But there's theories. There is theories that all that's hallucinations made up by Psychomantis to prove that like, technically big boss was never in that game at all.
1: Cause that's what my whole I thing is because I know. That's a theory. I know V is a different dude. So he to is, me, it always made sense that he, he for, that Kiefer Sutherland was playing him and not David Hayter.
2: That I've said that before. That is perfect. That makes perfect sense. And my and here's what I th- say is that even though at the beginning you see uh, he calls himself uh, oh the character from uh Moby Dick. Oh, um the main character's name like, and Ahab. Him, Ahab. Ahab, yeah, yeah. He calls himself Ahab. Yeah. And it's still Keith or Sutherland, but it's supposed to be Big Boss. Yes. And I still in my mind think that like that person was never there. That like that's yeah. that's his savior. That he's he's, you know, he's he's dying, or in the process sure. of dying, and he's using sure. that as a way to get out. And it's a mental thing going well, Cause on. I
1: I always but, interpreted it as everything in the hospital was basically them passing on. Uh, to convince him that
2: Big Boss was real, like and a show? that he was,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. like that's.
2: I thought that so too, that but he would
1: commit to the bit, basically.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that too. Um, that like the whole Psycho Mantis showing up and Psycho Mantis was controlling Vulgan and all that mess, which that's another spoiler, I guess, is that Fireman is Vulcan, um if you could not tell by looking at him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's that. I had that theory too. It's never stated that, and. <laughs> it's the way Psychomantis is technically an anti-hero in that game too Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's yeah so really the the biggest thing there is that big boss at least
0: so far as the game says and not some weird conspiracy theory that deals with it and i'm not saying that that can't be valid but with what the game presents you Real big boss is at the beginning of the game as Kiefer Sutherland, and big boss has been voiced in previous games by David Hayter. That's huh. where the disconnect happens. But but
2: <laughs> it, it, it is it you can get away with theorizing that that Ahab is not really big boss, and that's a mental thing that's going on with you, and that uh, Kiefer Sutherland is the medic from the helicopter. What gets wacky is is that did Ground Zeroes actually take place? Because if it did, that was definitely big boss there. Yep. Because Big Boss was one hundred percent saved by the medic, yep. who is the main character of Five. Uh, but is that is was that all like a mind trick too by psychobabes? That's where it gets kind of wacky. But uh, yeah, but yeah, that's
0: again that's all conspiracy theory. I so. still <laughs>
2: I'm still one of those people. Metal Gear Solid is one of the best Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear Solid Five is one of the best Metal Gear Solid series. But there is no bad Metal Gear Solid game.
0: I think I agree with that. I don't ever pause.
2: I've never said that Five's a bad game. I've said Four Four lends itself to no replayability. I disagree vehemently. Four, four, four is four is one of those (laughs) games that, like, as much as I love it, you, I would replay four now after it's been twelve years since I last played it. I've played four twice.
0: I, I've played uh, it So to that, that I, degree, it was clearly replayable. Uh, but <laughs> I've been having the well, urge to play it again. Well, obviously we're talking about opinions here. So <laughs> yeah, first of all, yeah, sure, you're right, you're right. <laughs> right. You're right. I have only played five. Uh, you, you are right. right. Five, five, is five is not a bad game. Five is just, I think, a
2: very different Metal Gear Solid game. I that's what it, it is. It, so Chris said that he's only played Microsoft five once. I would right. be well. To be hold on, oh, to be oh, fair, yeah. that's that is not. Four is a very different game. No, what I was
1: saying is Metal Gear Solid Five is the only Metal Gear I have consumed in my life. That's what I thought. I, I would you be met.
2: curious if you, uh, if you went back and played. Honestly, people, there's like a weird with any series. There's a weird like order to play them and play them in like one, two, three, four. Order. Yeah,
0: because I agree with that. Actually, if I could
1: get a copy of four, I would play it, but I can't find a copy of it. So,
0: well, do we Game Share right? Yeah, I've got it digitally on PS3.
1: Met- Oh, I'd have to log into PS3 but yeah.
0: I mean yeah, but you can four. game share on PS3, guy. I got you. I got I'm, you. I'm gonna tell really? you right now. I'm gonna
2: tell you right now avoid 4 at the do not play 4. Don't first. play 4 without playing the other ones. Yeah, do not no, play 4 Of first. course. But uh, yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's all we are right now. And actually we're getting into the news a little bit uh, as we yeah, keep going let, down. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, I let's let's think get, it's uh, the news. Oh, actually I'll go ahead and skip one and go there. So VGC reported that sources within Konami have uh, anonymously come forward to leak that Konami is gearing up to revive its premium console game development with their legacy IP. With new releases for Metal Gear, Castlevania and Silent Hill planned, which is a super interesting time considering that they are hot off the back of their very poorly reviewed and super unstable launch of their PES rebranding eFootball. Everyone is review bombing that game into oblivion because it's in really bad shape right now Um, but the first thing in that uh, that the sources talk about is that Castlevania is said to be getting a reimagining of the series that is in development internally within Konami Japan Silent Hill As of course, multiple titles in the works as has been rumored and reported since early this year, with a separate rumor continuing to claim the same old story of Sony bankrolling a new Silent Hill game with Kojima at the helm. Though this time it comes from a different person, at least, Gamatsu, and it is a separate rumor, not a continuing of the same rumor, even though it's ostensibly the same information. Uh, The last of this VGC report looks to show that Despite many rumors and hopeful wishes that Bluepoint Games was handling some form of a Metal Gear Solid 1 remake, the report suggests that Virtuos, which is a Chinese game developer, is handling the Metal Gear revival and not with a remake of 1, but rather a game centered around Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And I say that specifically because that was the wording in the article, which sounds like is it a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 or is it a game based around Metal Gear Solid 3's events that they're using as a new
2: entry? which would be very odd. What could they possibly explore in Metal Gear Solid 3? I don't know either.
0: I don't know either. Definitely that Snake Eater didn't already add in, because that was kind of the whole point of Snake Eater, is to fill in the, the not even gaps, but to make the game more robust. I guess more. I could technically do original Big Boss, but... Yeah, uh, so... Uh, but included in that, Chris, this is what mm-hmm. goes off what we were just talking about a second ago. There, the report says that there's going to be remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games coming to modern consoles ahead of the remake. Now, here's the big what if. Yes. Metal Gear Solid 4 is the only Metal Gear Solid game that has stayed 100% true exclusive. True. Sure. And nobody quite knows why. it's unclear if Sony bankrolled so much of it that they have a stake in saying what it is I mean really it makes zero sense I don't know if that means that Metal Gear Solid 1 through 3 will get remasters but then Metal Gear Solid 4 will only get a remaster on PS5 if so that would be sweet for yeah. us, because we have PS5s. But, yeah. but that's kind of, you know, I don't know. It might be better to wait and see what happens because you might get remasters. I, I, at this point, I would imagine that the other remasters are just going to be, again, upscales of Blue Point's uh, Metagross Solid 2 and 3 collection mm-hmm. uh, with Peace Walker. And actually, speaking of Metagross Solid 5, Peace Walker ties into that.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, because the kid is from Peace Walker,
0: right? Yes. Pan or whatever? Paz. Paz. So, Peace Walker's awesome, by the way. Well, I'm about to download. I'm about to Metal Gear Solid Five right now. Yeah, Peace Walker is a very different game than mm-hmm. <laughs> than Five, though. Just to be, Peace Walker is yeah. like a like a base building game. It's weird. Yeah, so no, it's I five. know Five is like the five, Yeah, Five arguably is too. Yeah, it's true.
1: But Five is very fun. I think I have like 180 hours in Five or something crazy like that.
2: I'll I'll still say this too. Metal Gear Solid Five is the best stealth game ever created.
1: Uh, that's not Hitman 3, so...
2: <laughs> I don't play Hitman 3, so I can't speak So, on that one.
0: going back a little bit through this, first thing that really stuck out to me is, quote, reimagining mm-hmm. of Castlevania happening internally. 3D. Do we really... Um, let me ask a question real quick. Uh, Do we really trust internal development no. at Konami to <laughs> reimagine no. Castlevania?
1: No. <laughs> That was the whole reason people. I was excited about the Sony stuff. So I'm like, well, at least it's not
0: Konami. And turns out, it's probably Konami. Well, what's interesting here is that the last time that we got a new Castlevania game, like a really new Castlevania game, uh, was Lords of Shadow. Yeah. Which the interesting part is that that was external. That wasn't even Mm -hmm. internal. They didn't want to handle it the size that they sent it to someone else. Now, Lords of Shadow was more than not most people liked it for Castlevania, but there are yeah, definitely fine. people that don't. Where they really hit the stone where just everyone was like, F off, was Lords of Shadow 2. Yeah, i heard. <laughs> everyone was just like, nope, you, you lost it. Um, <laughs> but the interesting thing here is that I was telling Saul, everybody's so hyped for Metal Gear Dread. Uh, Metal Gear Dread. Metroid. But, Metroid Dread what and else? that's actually that? the exact developer who handled yeah, right <laughs> Lords of Shadow, yeah, and Lords of Shadow 2 as well as uh Mirror of Fate and whatnot. But I don't think that there's an issue in reimagining Castlevania. No. I don't I just don't think that's the developer to do it. No. The w- the weird thing is is that we're in a world where Bloodstained exists and yep. Bloodstained is the reimagining of Castlevania. It's mm-hmm. already there. It exists. Yeah. And I don't know how uh, how Konami can really do that better. And that's what... Not that they have to. Because even if we get a game that's just as good mm-hmm. as Bloodstained out of them, which hopefully we would, that's just more great games. True. But you do have a bar that's set from the original creator who's out doing his own thing.
1: I hope they're just smart enough to bury the hatchet with these people and be like, Hey, you, Mikami, right? Yeah. Has, uh, its indie creates and it's, it's indie creates. Yeah, just, just just do this, please. Just take it back. We don't want it anymore. Just make it. <laughs> I'm,
0: not, I'm not.
1: Is it Mikami? I thought. Um, I might. I that might have been the Mega Man I, I, guy. I think it uh, yeah, was I Mega was say, Man.
0: I, I don't think it's Mega Man. I th- he's Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. Macammy's Resident Evil. He's. I the can't believe I uh, pulled out the Resident Evil create. Yeah. Now that you said that, I can't. Uh, Inafune is his name, yes, right? Nf- Kaiji Nf- Kai- Inafune. Nf- 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 Yep. Inafune, whatever, however you say his name. Yeah. You're probably right, Saul. So. Um, but yeah, Kaiji Inafune, yes. he's the one who did Mega Man, uh, and he's...
2: Mega Man, Mega Man. Let's
0: see, because I know he's the one who went on to do that, uh, to do <laughs> Mighty Mega Nine, 9, which did not do well. What are we talking about? <laughs> That's Inafune. Uh, and then Castlevania's creator, the original oh, uh, developer, uh, which is not Inafune either. It's... Uh, I, I can't believe that we're even at this injunction. I actually don't know
2: if I know that guy's name.
0: Sorry. Off the top of my head. Uh, but Indie Crates did do the game. You are correct there. Yes. The, they are the developer behind Bloodstain. Uh, who created Castlevania?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't know I, if it's a household name.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it is because he does Indie Crates and I knew who What's it was. That? Well, he, he's, is he? Uh, old Castlevania is you know, the indie creates guy, so I knew his name from that, but I can't think of it off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, it says the actual creator is Hitoshi Akamatsu, but I don't right. think that that's, that's the d- designer that we're talking no, about. No, that's not right. So I think we're talking about someone else, which is fine. I mean, we're clearly talking about the person who is behind um, um, Symphony of the Night, Symphony of the Night, which is definitely the 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 big 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 one. Um, Am I actually hold on? Koji Igarashi. That's it.
2: There you go. Yeah. I knew we'd get there. I'm proud of us. I know less about the people behind Castlevania than I thought. Oh, okay. I saw Koji. It's his hat.
0: Yeah, so that's where we are right now. But yeah, if they would just get him and be like, hey, here we are. Uh, please come do this. I'd, that'd be the, the smarter thing at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or whoever it is. At this point, whoever did Blood since is where we can't
2: seem to. I still there's,
1: there's also a super interesting rumor about
2: a potential Silent Hills game. Yeah, there is. There's and always been a rumor. There's always been a, For the past two years, there's been nothing but rumors.
0: That's kind of the problem, Is we're at this point <laughs> it's where it's just like. <laughs> everyone's tired of it. And I, and I mean, I'm I genuinely so am.
2: I
1: would argue there haven't been rumors about Silent Hill. There's been rumors about Abandoned. I haven't heard shit or anything about Silent Hill. Until Bloomer, Bloomer
0: team has been rumored to be making Silent Hill for forever. Well, Before that, true. which this this has actually <laughs> been confirmed, too, that uh, at one point in time, there was rumors floating around that uh, Supermassive, who did Until Dawn, were actually pitching a Silent Hill game that got yeah. denied from Konami, uh, which I think is interesting, because
2: I think that was probably the right move. <laughs> Two weeks yeah. after uh, PT was like, like they, they said that Silent Hills is gone and Kojima's gone, there was rumors of like... Xbox is making the next Silent Hills, guys. And yeah, yeah was, but I will say, if nothing decided, else here, PlayStation. since we've been doing
0: this podcast, for for more than half of the time we've been podcasting, there have been rumors of a Silent Hill return from a, a litany of different ways. I guess New I'm Silent worse. Hill games coming from all sorts of things. One's coming from uh, Metal Gear. And then, of course, Saul's long-running fun time that PT... Death was. Death <sighs> excuse me, is actually just PT. It kind of is. <laughs>
2: kind of especially uh, now in the director's. i mean stuff.
0: there's there's norman there's a fetus you know norman <laughs> those, fetus. Are the, <laughs> those are the two so uh but anyway yeah i, I don't know the uh the. This, this what's weird about silent hill is that i don't know if you guys remember they've done this before they've done this we're coming back with silent hill in a big way and we're gonna have eight games come out in a two-year period and they're all gonna be bad <laughs> down yeah, because you had Silent Hill Downpour, you had Shattered Memories, you had Homecoming. I like Shattered Memories. Shattered had, Memories is good.
2: I like Shattered Memories. Uh, Y'all don't talk, talk
0: about uh, it, Let me back up. I said they're all bad, but they're they're not did. good Silent Hill games. <laughs> what
1: Shattered Memories is?
0: They're not. They're not Silent Hill two or three or one. They're not even like the same type okay, of game. I like game. Shattered
2: Memories better than one. Oof. Two, you're not gonna. Two is in its own class. Two is in its own class. That's true. Shattered Memories, <laughs> Homecoming is is okay for what it was trying to do. Homecoming is okay. Origins, uh, is, I, do, is, I don't think I played Origins. Okay Wait, for Origins what it's was, trying to do. Man, you had this conversation like two months ago about Origins. Origins, I think I had Origins was
0: PSP, PS2. You were a trucker who wrecks into Silent Hill. I did play? It. And I just you don't remember the game. Yeah, you, it's it's like a.
2: You, it's know game, prequel to you know what one? You know what, silent, Listen, I'm such. Look, I, I, I need Silent Hill so bad. You know what Silent Hill game was pretty decent. Silent Hill Four: The Room.
0: I've never played. That's the only
2: one I haven't played. Game was actually not that bad. It is not a Silent oh, Hill lie. game.
0: I didn't play the. <laughs> Hold on, Shattered Memories. Let me get my my mind straight. Is is Shattered Memories the remake of One on Wii? Look, this is a conversation we
2: had. I. I... Or am I, am I thinking the wrong name here? No, Homecoming is different. Shattered Memories, if I remember correctly, is not a remake of one. If it is, I'm making. it. Shattered Memories is a Wii game where it's not a
0: remake. It's
1: just another game.
0: Yeah, but it's like you go through the events of one with, am I thinking of the right game where you go through with the.
2: (laughs) No, that's not a remake. Sir, sir, you're throwing me through a loop. Hold on, hold on.
0: Uh, I, I, you, you're right that it's not a remake, but is it not basically looking through the first game as, as Harry and like talking with the psychiatrist and stuff? Am I, am I, thinking Dude, the right I, I, I don't remember that at all. You might. I don't. My... This sounds like the psychiatrist, Michael Croftman. Yeah. I remember this. You're not
2: Harry though. And if you are, then I definitely don't remember that.
0: So look, this is Just so I can give you, the, the subtitle Shattered Memories refers to the shattering and reimagining the memories of the player's experience from the original game, how Harry Mason, the player character has shattered memories of the events leading up to the car crash. And the have... aim of Dr. Croftman uh, to shatter the protagonist's false memories bits and pieces of these memories, mainly involving events in Cheryl's, uh, Cheryl Mason's life, are spread throughout the town of Silent Hill in the form of text
2: and voice messages which are interpreted by Harry's phone throughout his journey. You are, you are 100% her in this game. You are Heather slash Earl and Shadow, shadow memory? Memories. Yeah. Is that right? You are 100. Am I mixing two games together right now? I, I I don't know. I don't even know what you're on. This is Shattered Memory. Uh, spoilers for Shattered Memories. Heather and Cheryl Mason are also fused into a single character. Cheryl Heather Mason for Silent Hill Shattered Memories, a reimagination of the original South Hill. At the end of the story, she is revealed to be the game's true protagonist.
0: Oh, but okay, so that's yeah, that's right. I was like, but I, the game is I, telling you I as if you're looking through the events of Harry. That's what it is. I don't. Remember it's been a long that. time since I played this. Yeah, it's. I played
2: it once, and I played it. I had to borrow a Wii to play this. So. I, I did not. I had the Black Wii. It was really cool. I borrowed I a Wii like for four, three weeks. Four games on it, Twilight Princess being one of them.
0: Yeah. Well, my, my, my two Wii games I played literally, the only two Wii games I've ever played. I borrowed a Wii for like three weeks and played Shadow Memories and played Epic Mickey. Wii was the best way to play GameCube. <laughs> that was, that was where I was at. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, which that one's interesting because it's, I don't think it's better than one. It's just an interesting way of looking at the events from one through a new lens, uh, and kind of like shaking that up, uh, which is fine. But, it was what it really came down to. And it's still going to be right now. Right. Is this idea that shattered uh, shattered the silent Hill went from a entirely Japanese led game to after four, every single game was from a Western developer. And I don't mean that, that all those games have to be bad. I just think they are inherently different because they don't understand the horror that silent Hill one, two and three set up 4 isn't even necessarily understanding this. You know, it's like a weird use of it. Um, but I don't know. The the big uh, big thing here right is that we're still in this thing where one of the games talked about Chris is the prominent Japanese developer. Yes. We still don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. What, what what game is that? You know, some of the rumors are that there's a Bluebird team game um, which has like been all but confirmed basically. Yeah. And there's been rumor of an episodic game. Which to Chris's point that we've had, Chris keeps talking like, what is a notable Japanese developer that you can think of that's done a episodic game? Now, that's a real question. That's not, you know, I can't think of one.
2: Mm, Some games, some visual novel games are put together as episodic, but they're not. But they're, yeah, they're like more full releases with yeah, uh, like uh, like
0: the notary the nonary series or whatever it's called. Well Dang and Rampa can be seen. Too. It's can,
2: true. can be seen as that in a weird way. Yeah.
0: So to that degree, it doesn't mean that this isn't a pioneering moment for this notable Japanese developer. Maybe this is their first time doing it. Uh but it's not something that I'm aware of. Of, of course, the potential is out there. So it would be kind of cool if we're going to get like a really prominent development led one. But you know, part of the reason that the Bloober team ones are working the way they are is that the guy who did the music, uh, and I can't think of his name right now for the original silent Hill games. Uh, and I think he was part developer as well, or if nothing else, he was definitely at least, uh, the, the music he joined Bloober team right around the time that these rumors started popping off. So yeah. it seemed to kind of like pay the rumors off. Like, ah, see, we told you, we told you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh- um, so it, it does seem likely that Blooper is going to be doing it definitely when you look at at the fact that a lot of uh, the medium borrows from the idea of there being like a, a another world that you're looking into. So I don't there's very solid rumors around that, but the rest of this it's it's hard to say, man, you know. And it's hard to say what they're going to do with with Solid, right? Because I don't know much about Virtuous, but I think Konami's best bet to actually get people's good graces going for Metal Gear Solid again would not be to have somebody make a new game in Metal Gear Solid around the events of an old one. It would be to just remake a Metal Gear Solid game, be it one, two,
2: three, or whatever. Right? I mean, would you agree with that, Saul? I mean, it, I don't. I don't believe Konami can remake anything and it would be great. Have Konami done a remake? Now that I'm thinking about it. They've, okay. they've done these weird transitional things, like where they've remade them into pachinko crap that I don't see <laughs> so, but
0: yeah have they done like an actual ground up remake of any game no I don't I don't think, think not to have. my knowledge okay well we'll we'll see what ends up happening I mean it's more interesting that Konami's wanting to do this at a time where uh, you know coming out of their big stage of like we're just gonna work it worry about mobile games and pachinko machines and get our money there um, which is not that far away you know it <laughs> feels like better go survive is forever ago but 2018 yeah It's not that long ago. Four years of them just kind of ruminating on what they want to do. Um, But we'll see what ends up happening. Um, In this, The Last of Us 2, uh, we were talking about Last of Us Day last week because we were recording while it was going on. It did not bring a reveal for DLC or multiplayer, but did see Naughty Dog confirm that development on multiplayer game is still active and that they will, quote, show it when it's ready. Uh, We also got a screenshot of Joel and Ellie from filming of the HBO series, which uh, looked surprisingly good, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say surprisingly. It looked good. It, it's not a surprise. I mean, it's being made by top-class people with a budget that's out of this world. It's going to look good. Uh, top-class people with top-class money, baby. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, and it's, it's still cool to see that I think this is the way to do it, right? If you're going to do media that's not games, you need to have the people who are responsible for the creation and some of the head writers. That way you keep like a tone and a feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and kind of keep that because i think like you know all the hitman movies and stuff we've had and all that it's like none of them feel like the games which also is because there's introducing way more talking and stuff than the hitman games really had but still the point stands the tomb raider movies i don't even really mind them they're not terrible movies but they're not tomb raider they don't really feel like tomb raider in any real solid way so so here we are. Uh, next thing up, PlayStation finally and officially welcomed Blue Point Games, as we realize that they're, they're not the ones making Minica Solid, into the PlayStation Studios family after what feels like the worst kept secret, a secret in gaming as of late. Uh, during this, their next project was discussed lightly, and it sounds like it will not be another remake or remaster, but rather something new. The quote in question here is important. That's why I want to say it out. It comes from Blue Point's president, Marco Thrush, who says, quote, Our next project, we're working on original content right now. We can't talk about what that is, but that's the next step in the evolution for us. Everyone immediately jumped towards thinking that means new IP. And while I would totally love to see that, I don't have any problems with that. I don't see that. I think that this is them making a new entry in some kind of dormant series and they're spearheading it. And I can attest to the fact that while it's out there through someone else's lips now at least on a podcast format, Chris has been saying for at least a year that he thinks that they were going to tap in Bluepoint to handle Bloodborne 2.
1: Yep absolutely gonna happen and i think the wording is very specific
0: oh i think so too and what's funny is the article i was going to uh that i looked at when i first saw this right mm-hmm. um had said above all that th- that first day that we were talking about it and it came out somebody was like oh this is what's going on here and i read it they said uh they said their new their next game's gonna be new ip and then i read the quote and i said that's not what that quote. That's says. not what that says at all like th- that could be what the quote means But that quote is open for interpretation. There's a little, there's wiggle room, big buddy.
1: I feel like Sony has definitely said specifically um, new IP before, so this feels like a deliberate
0: like we're not making a new. No, Sony have said new IP before. Yeah, Sony have said we're not ready to show what Sucker Punch is doing, but they're working on new IP. Exactly. That's. What that's their go-to word because they like to flaunt the fact that they put out a lot of new IP. That was like one yeah. of their big spearheads of last gen. So I think that this wording is very specific, and I think on purpose. Now the question is, what is it really? Saul, how do you feel about a Bloodborne two?
2: It is absolutely not Bloodborne two. I, <laughs> yes, figured, it is. I knew it was coming. Uh,
0: so I, in that in that sense, no. though, you can go ahead and say why you think that too. But at the same time, what do you think? Game? Do you think it is new IP or do you think it could be? I a think new, it's entry new
2: IP way? or it could be new IP. It could be honestly. I. I think that nobody's gonna like I don't know, there, there seems like there's reason for misdirection, there's no reason for misdirection um, so it could or could not be a remake of Metal Gear Solid 1, it could or could not be yeah, a brand of IP yeah. um, but I, I could tell you with 100% certainty it's not Bloodborne 2 after, the, after what happened wrong. with will 2 see Okay, I'll bet you hundred dollars. Oh, right now. see, actually, by Dark, 20, Sol- Dark of- Souls
0: Two is the the argument that I have towards you as well. I, I'm not as strongly toward it, but I definitely by see 2023.
2: Where it's if we don't see Bloodborne Two, I'll give Chris hundred dollars. If we if we do from Blue Point, he has to give me a hundred dollars. And here's why: Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Two is the only game in the series that has no input from like any input at all. From Miyazaki, from Miyazaki, and it is deemed as the worst one. Even though I don't agree with that at all, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't like. It's like Metal Gear Solid. I don't think any games in that series is bad. Well, I just think that there's weaker than being
0: being the worst of a great series
2: is not a bad thing, right? right? I, really? I know,
0: but people can
2: miscue those words and That's try true. to make it sound. That's bad. True.
0: Um, but it's definitely the one game that got flack when none of their other ones did Yeah, and And it got flack specifically because of a lack of Miyazaki
2: there's some really cool stuff but that game also has what's wrong with the end of Dark Souls 1 where the end of Dark Souls 1 is rushed there's literally copy and paste enemies um, that are bosses from previous in the game there's literally unfinished levels that they just kind of copy and pasted the rest of the level around Um, that is 100% a thing at the end of Dark Souls 1 and that is 100% something they did in Dark Souls 2 where I think it's fun when like you have like a boss in a game, and then later on in the game it shows up as like a normal enemy. Yeah, but when you when you rely on that is when it's lazy, and that's what that game did.
0: Um, yeah, because Demon Souls does that, but not in a way that feels lazy to me. Demon Souls is like
2: we're going to let you have what, some of these battles. I don't. What's a boss in Demon Souls that comes back? I might be completely. Well, I, you forgetting. know, I,
0: I guess to your point, there it's. No. I'm talking about specifically a boss like a health bar and a fog wall. Yeah, that's that's And then fair. later on, because Demon's I'm actually just, talking about enemies that are
2: crazy hard at the beginning. And that boss is just standing there. But not only yeah. that, there's like a section in, um, uh, it's Lost I think. There's, um, where it's like 12 Taurus demons just standing there. One of the first bosses of the game. It's just, the, it's just the, like, the first boss of the game just standing there t- times twelve. They just literally like, copy paste.
0: You know what? You know I around. bought I bought two scholar the first day. I still haven't played
1: it. It's good. So, <laughs> I, I, hold I, on. I, what what does a game that sounds lazy have to do with Bloodborne two? Because okay. I don't I don't understand no, the correlation here. No, no. I'm Lack of Miyazaki. That, that so, literally,
2: yeah, literally they tried helping game without Miyazaki once and it did not work. So, so they're not going to do it again. I'm gonna I'm gonna play towards.
0: But the it's not their game. It's Sony's game. Well, that, that's
2: also true, but <laughs> here, here's the more important part.
0: Yeah, there is there is zero reason that Miyazaki cannot be part of this. Exactly. That's Whether that. he is or not comes down to the the important <laughs> part. But there's zero reason if if it's just hey Miyazaki. You can still be heading your next project under From. You can do your thing, and you can still be involved with that. But we want you to, you know, talk with us about your ideas of expanding the world of Bloodborne. We'll develop the combat out. We'll develop the bosses around the lore that you kind of give us and talk to us about. See,
2: even then, I don't think that's going to be like what they're going to do. Here's and it, it may not be Bloodborne. Bloodborne is such a unique game in both Souls games and just in general. Yep, there's a unique feel. There's a unique look. It's gonna be like when another studio takes over a sequel and makes a sequel. It's gonna—they're gonna lose all that. There's absolutely. I what I don't
1: really agree with that. That's the whole reason that—that that is my theory. Is the whole reason they did Demon Souls was to show that they could do what From Software does. They that. Did. They,
0: could, that they could replicate. Fewer why else
1: would you take? It? Why else would you take the single worst game in that series? It is Demon Souls on PS3 is the worst. Start is the worst Souls game. Oh, I, I, I completely not-
2: disagree.
0: I completely disagree too.
2: One hundred percent. Like literal Dark Souls One runs like garbage on any console. What I
0: about- think I think Demon Souls level design and bosses are actually more interesting than Dark Souls One. I've said that forever. I like Dark Souls One. I think Demon Souls is better.
2: My, anyways, personally, my whole, my whole point <laughs> is is that no matter what, like it's going to be different. And and the thing, the problem with Demon Souls too is it's so, um hard to actually play and find where bloodborne is absolutely not anybody with a playstation 4 can download bloodborne whereas finding digital versions of ps or not digital finding physical versions of demon souls on ps3 specifically hard to do and then of course downloading finding a ps3 they finding a digital copy is also hard to do where i i just i just from software slash miyazaki is not going to do that again i absolutely refuse to believe so Hmm? If that know. was the case, they would have done that with the Elden Ring. What do you mean? Like, if, if that was the case, because they, they already externally went to another story, they had somebody else storyboard it instead of Miyazaki himself, who storyboarded all of them except two. So they would have done that. Oh. With- well, Martin supposedly him, him,
1: didn't do very much
2: from what the, I've heard. Yeah, no, no, he he did the literal skeleton foundation of that story.
1: Well, I heard he did like lore stuff, but that's it. Miyazaki did
2: everything else. The lore, the lore behind the world, the world itself, like that's all George R. R. Martin.
0: But I, I, I'm curious. I 100. I haven't like, looked. I haven't looked heavily into it. But I've also heard from a couple of different people that apparently George R, R. Martin was not actually as involved as marketing would have led you to
2: believe. He was. he was, I, I, I he was that done that was two three years ago. He was done with Alvin Ring*. Well, yeah, that's because he all he did was storyboarding. That's not going to take long compared to developing actual game. Let's see. This like the is a Forbes the, article. That's the, the game is in itself is like who knows when it actually is going to go gold.
0: Okay, so here's what it says right here. Oops. This is just a few things. And this is Forbes, take it as you will, but these are these are Miyazaki and Martin simply met to hang out at first uh martin knew about demon souls it evolved into a business front the game was already planning to be open world before martin got attached but him being added did reinforce that direction martin did not write the actual story for the game but he constructed the world it yep, was based the on sc- the whole as indicated the whole in previous teasers was one concern was that if martin did write a full story uh they may have to change it later in production due to the demands of the game Right, which is something they didn't want. So, to
2: so do. Martin literally built the skeleton of that game, and then Miyazaki had to obviously change when he came to it in terms of gameplay, in terms of the dis- like game design.
0: Well, it sounded like he had zero to do with the story. It was more he set the world and some of the light lore. That's, was like this is ha- you can world, write stories world, within
2: these worlds and lores. World and lores is literally where the story comes from. I don't, well, that, I, you're no. confusing me. I, what do you know? I, mean, well, uh, uh, hold, I, hold on, I, hold on, I, no, 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 I would say it depends on. This is absolutely Chris, not the Chris, only Chris, right, the only thing. Chris writes, tell me this. If I came up with a world and lore and story, yeah, right, and you took the story and you used the same world and lore, does that not sure. influence all of your characters?
1: No, not necessarily. It depends on what they're doing in the world. If I'm well, writing a story I- in your world and the entire story is about a guy and his therapist, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the world. The world doesn't it doesn't dictate a story. At that a point, point the world doesn't
2: dictate. There's a reason that they paid him to break it up. Is well, what I'm saying. You can't like that. You can't move a goalpost and say, "Oh, well, that's like that part may never get brought up," or like, "Oh, that this may change." When in reality, they
1: are not move a gonna, goalpost. My point was no, no, that no, I'm saying I'm the saying world term, is not the most important thing to make a story. The characters. I'm not and, saying it either,
2: but I'm saying that the okay, skeleton and the so, world and the lore is in, is is one of, if not the most important things when you first start creating a story. They're not going to pay this guy hundreds of thousands of dollars or however much they paid him to start to make a skeleton of a story, not use it.
0: So I have a question of curiosity because I think you may have just done it, but it's more of clarification for what was said so that I understand. And also so I can see if that's how Chris took it. Um, Are you saying that story
2: doesn't get written until a world and lore are developed i'm not saying that i'm saying that if you have a story like if you have a skeleton like you come up with a world first you come up with how the world looks and how the map is like literally i've written i've written stories i've come up with before i've come up with the way a map is so i can get like that hey these people over here the next to the ocean they're more coastal yeah i've come up with that i've come up with the way that the world works the time era that the world is and then i built the story around all of that uh, the, the characters they're gonna they're gonna come from this one particular part of this world so this world they're, they're gonna have this kind of attitude and this accent. So and then from other here. You can't say that like a framework of something like that, the world and the lore doesn't contribute to the characters in the story of that lore.
0: Yeah. That's fundamentally I, wrong. I wouldn't say that either. I do think clearly you can, the you can world say that they don't have to use that. In the world in the way they did this, the world because it came first is what it right. seems like. The world informs the story right
2: the world is it doesn't make the the story story. but it informs the story i'm
0: not saying you said that but i'm clarifying my words uh so my thing the only thing i'd say about your thing is that in this case while that may be the the case and again we don't really know because we're outside looking in but if that is the case from what we're seeing I think the only thing for me is I don't think that it has to be. I think that's clearly a way to write a story and is to conceptualize but the world first. What I'm saying is that is
2: the way they wrote the story. There yeah, is and, no and, and, reason and that they would not have done yeah. it that way without this development and okay. this involvement. Yeah, I thought hard. you were going
0: larger sweeping statement because you're talking about stories and how they work. I think that you can clearly write a story and then build the world from what you as You absolutely the story can, but I'm saying if you and start think as a skeleton that, so.
2: first, yeah. there's a reason why you start from a skeleton first. Yeah, sure. And that's not to say that halfway through you can't discard that skeleton and start a new one or start destroying. Sure, first sure but I'm saying there's no absolute reason they would have gotten George R, R. Martin on board to throw it all away
0: yeah <laughs> and, and, and nothing says that they threw it all away uh, just for clarification yeah. of listeners um, but it does sound like the whole point of having him just do the world and uh, and and Kind of light lore is so that they can do what they want to within that. Well,
2: you can already see from the trailer itself, there is 100% inspired Miyazaki made characters. Like like the thing that, like the Chimera thing at the end that has like axe arms and like people on his back. That's 100% like a Miyazaki character. But that's not to say that George R. R. Martin still didn't have a huge contribution or or contribution to this story.
0: Oh, so actually, uh, there's a picture break, but it says uh, rather Martin was tasked with. Making the mythology of the game, right. the foundation. It's of like the world.
2: it's like taking, um, uh, the entirety of uh. Why am I blanking? Middle Earth, out of Lord of the Rings. Well,
0: I think that the, the the difference I would say, at least from the way my my mind's kind of processing this, is I do think it, it depends on how deep. His form of the mythology was, or how deep his ver- version of the world is, and just to make it make sense to both of you and to the listeners, in my mind, I'm kind of looking at it as go back to like um, Greek mythology or something like that.
2: To a mythology, well, you don't so have to use an actual mythology. You don't have here. to do all that. You could just go back to Miyazaki himself in this exact instance. Well, sure, get,
0: but I'm using something that more people have a general knowledge of. Most people know something about Greek mythology, so I'm well, going to use that as, as my core. But you're going to
2: you're going to compare it to that when in reality you could just say that the world building for Miyazaki has always been one of the most important factors of his games. Well, And sure. therefore, like, you know... For, and he like, chose to let someone else in on that process. Right, so sure. it's going to be
0: important. But I still think the, the question really comes, what... Was the foundation that was given by George R. R. martin? How deep was it? Does well, it actually go through and, and, and for my right. example here, as the saying is because it still doesn't mean the story has to be there, but you know you have a Greek mythology, and then you have the stories within Greek mythology of like how things came to be, so to that degree to at least the way I'm kind of reading this, it could be, could be, and it could be deeper. It could be something as simple as going, all right, we're going to say that there's gods in this world, and there's going to be a god that's like a thunder god, and there's going to be a god that's like this guy, and a god that's this guy, and then it's just everyone else being like, all right, now we're going to bounce it down to you. Your ability to tell the story here is to say, well, well, how did he become the thunder god? What's his origin? What does he come from? How does that impact this? How does that impact that?
1: The entire reason I disagreed with you in the first place, which you were right, but the way I interpret it was like it would be kind of like what you were saying with how you would set up your stories, which is not how I write. So, right. and I'm
2: not saying that's the only way to write. But
1: yeah. um, <laughs> the way I'm thinking of it is like, okay, yes, you have. This it is an example from some writers I listened to. Uh, I listen to talk about it. It's like, okay, I have the penal tax code for the coastal city of Juju 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 down and on the west side of my map, but you have that lore. That doesn't apply to the story that's happening on the east coast of Jean Juju Jaja. Right. Then it doesn't matter that you set up the penal code for the small town in Juju Jiju.
2: Unless you brought it, it into
1: your story. It, I would argue it doesn't matter what the penal code is in any instance in the book. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, It's, it's detail rich.
2: Yeah, I was there's gonna say at that, point, at that point, at that point, you set yourself up for your own version of a Cimmerillion. I would love to hear more about the Jujiji to uh, the tribe, and like, <laughs> I need a Cimmerillion based around. This that.
0: sounds like we're just yeah. talking about J.K. Rowling's uh, The Goblet of Fire. But no, all, 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 I'm,
2: all I'm saying is, <laughs> yeah. is like they, they hired the guy for a specific reason. There's no way that the skeleton that he built, like, there's no way they didn't pull enough from that to get the money worth they paid for. It. I mean, they yeah, paid, sure. they you're
1: for, right. like, but I would argue. From software and the creator of Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, it's present Elden morning. Ring is yeah. all the, is all they they could have gotten zero from George R. R. Martin. Can we
0: use your name, please? Yeah. But I but we're
1: we, not I'm saying know, he we didn't know. do any work. I'm yeah. just saying that even if he was just like, Hey, I, I like Lord of the Rings, you want to copy it, which is what the story sounds like, um, you know, that that's worth the money.
2: Well, and it could be like when Activision was first shown off as um, the publisher for Sekiro, and people were like, okay, so there's microtransactions. Well,
0: this is crazy. Look at this. This is a little bit more. The same Forbes article. It says, but it sounds like Martin didn't do that much. Miyazaki expressly says that Elden Ring's world wouldn't be possible at all without Martin, and he says he crafted a combination of a myth, historical fiction, and an epic
2: poem. How does that how does no, that
0: article know. first of all, that sentence doesn't make sense to say he didn't do much? But him, the whole said, world is not possible him. without yeah. without this guy. But also I can't he wrote Forbes. an epic poem.
2: I can't stand Forbes. Bro, he wrote an epic poem. I uh, dude, that is Forbes when it comes to video games, is like the worst, worst thing in the world. And that writing there is uh, he totally did not do a lot. But if if it was not for him, the story was hey, that's a double negative.
1: <laughs> well, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go in public and be like, yeah, George R.R. Martin didn't do crap. You got to be like, yeah, he, without him, you know, we wouldn't have ever gotten the name of United States. So I guess just stranding is all because of George R.R. Martin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's to to me the foundation of something like this is important enough. But anyways, back where are we losing? We're way too far. We are. We are Um, very much. But back to
0: the point of specifically Miyazaki in regards to a bloodborne. Oh,
2: there's a (laughs) hundred dollar wager. People are gonna hold up to it. Uh, Next next topic. So it's (laughs) worth.
0: Yeah. The, the big question for that is my final word, Chris, is I will be complete. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I do think that Sony even are smart enough to know that the success of that game to some degree would hinge on them being able to say day one, don't worry, Miyazaki's involved.
2: Yeah. I don't yeah. think that I, – yeah, I don't think that uh, – First
1: off, I, th- I just want to say am I, I have evidence, and that's why I think it's happening. And I want to be the first one who has said it. I don't necessarily think they're going to – well, I just think there's no reason – I don't see a reason to remake Demon Souls outside of testing these guys to see if they can do it.
0: They have been being asked for it Yeah, I was going to say there's
2: there's literally a Twitter that is is bring what is it called? We follow them like the first week we did the podcast. Yeah, yeah. but skill, Up,
1: skill ups bio on Twitter is please remake Soul Reaver, and that hasn't happened yet. I don't think that matters.
0: That's also actually been to- thrown around and tossed around. It's about how much fan support it can get. What's Look, let me let me go what's back. There? Let me go back for a second.
2: Kane, wait, what's the main character of Soul Reaver's name? Kane Raziel. No well, it depends on which game you're
0: playing that actually. If game. you're playing, yeah, if you're playing Soul Reaver, then it's Raziel. If you're playing The Legacy of Kane, then you're dealing with okay. different people to agree. Yeah. But um so this is why I think to 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 the point you're making that I think actually kind of discredits that to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Sony also made a developer studio remake Medieval, a game that never really sold that well. A, a remake that didn't sell that well, mm-hmm. but they still did it. Do you think that, that was because they wanted to test Other Ocean to see if they could make a new medieval game? The answer Probably. is maybe. The answer is maybe, based <laughs> on how well garbage, it did. So- but I don't <laughs> think that it has to mean that everything that they go to do, I think that clearly Sony is looking at this as it's not too expensive. Blue Pointer out of Austin. Development costs are really low there in comparison to a lot of places. We could remake this game if it sells a million as a PS5 launch title, which it absolutely right. will and has. Then it's worth it. And people continue to love Blue Point because the game is going to look like nothing else has ever and it's exactly also,
1: what and, there's also the fact that from software is clearly not doing bloodborne 2 considering everything around the buzz of that studio is that they're doing another new ip for sony so if sony if sony wants bloodborne 2 they have to find a studio who could do it here's the question better than why do
2: the you need studio? bloodborne 2 if you have new ip for yeah a that's from. what i was gonna say that's if bloodborne 2 is even in conception
0: you don't look you don't need blood bloodborne wasn't dark souls 4 or something it wasn't even demon souls 2
2: and it could have been yes dark souls 4
1: right but does 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 bloodborne 2 satisfy your need for demon souls 4 no it's two different types of games that happen to have the same playset
0: Sure, but Which the thing is, is, is that a lot of people love Bloodborne because of their love of Dark Souls and Demon Souls. And so if the if the the answer to this is if you NHP want the Miyazaki right. led game and you want all these things, the easy answer is to just go, we don't need Bloodborne 2 because we've talked to Miyazaki and he just wants to make a new game that we're gonna fund and it's gonna be exclusive to us and people are gonna love right. it because they love Bloodborne. But let's, why let's, wouldn't you do both? You just you you said, you just said marketing, it. right? You just said marketing for just paying for George R R Martin's important. All Sony has to do here on this game, whatever this new IP is, is go from creator of bloodborne and you ever got it
1: right and all they need to do with bloodborne 2 is say blue point games
0: from the maker of demon's remake
1: (laughs) produced by miyazaki it's not that hard and then miyazaki once a year is like hey how's it going oh it looks good cool
2: all right, listen, we're going to end it right here. And if, if Chris is right, I'll suck his left nut. If Brett's right, I'm going to suck his right nut. At some point, I'm just going to have to suck a nut. So let's get it over <laughs> with. All
0: right, next thing up, PlayStation technically got a second acquisition this week as the now Sony-owned Fire Sprite announced an acquisition of their own uh, from Fabric Games. They brought them into their fold. So weird. I don't... Well, Fabric is a support studio from, what? Well, okay, they have two of their own games that I've never played and they were also support for a couple of different games from Firesprite. I think uh, the Persistence VR was one of the games they helped on. So interesting move. The bigger question is, is this to actually have another studio in your midst or is this just to be a support studio for the the same studio? What do you think, Chris?
1: Uh, I think they're just adding people to their team and this is the easiest way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, they, the rumors they have like three games. Well, I think one is VR and two are, which are supposed to be pretty big games. So it makes Fire sense Sprite's that they're huge. adding.
0: Yeah, yeah Fire Sprite's already big. It's bigger than all of Sony's actual UK-found developers. They still have since they've closed most yeah, of Yeah, I,
1: I think it's their biggest one outside of Insomniac, which last I heard, I think <laughs> Grub was saying it. It's like 400, 500 people
0: now wow that's, that's actually pretty impressive yeah and insomniac is is huge in multiple studios so
1: yeah um, they probably they must because they probably have like five games in, in development you'd think because yeah, there's probably there's another rumor from them which is a leak of a, a
2: marvel multiplayer game from yeah. insomniac so yeah i've actually heard that too which i want think talk about the other marvel multiplayer game avengers
0: <laughs> no thanks you mean, you mean chris's game of the year
1: <laughs> it would be hilarious if they did. If Sony did an exclusive Avengers game, that's the same thing, but good.
2: Wait, yeah, it, it's uh, using like Insomniac Spider-Man and yeah. Insomniac Wolverine, and that's how and that's Dude. how yeah. Sony
0: got. In, and that's how Sony got Spider-Man and Avengers. Okay, if they didn't send listen, it to the actual yeah. Avengers <laughs> game;
2: listen, they made that, their own. That would be good. That would be good. That would be good. I trust. Yeah,
1: I'd love to see that. Like do a, like a like a West Coast Avengers kind of thing. Like it, me and christy to have a marvel
0: comics podcast i mean y'all yeah, are totally down. good all right uh so the last thing here and i promise it, i'm just putting it out there if you want to listen to it uh, jim ryan has announced that he will be participating in a pre-recorded <laughs> chat with gamesindustry.biz discussing his history with playstation actually i'm gonna quote this quote history with playstation his views on the brand and what the future might hold for the games business end quote so There are people I've seen touting this out and being like, we're gonna hear the future of PlayStation on the uh, you know, coming up. No, you're not. This sounds like a candid chat with somebody that's just meant to be a little PR piece they can throw out there. He may say a thing or two that might somehow hint towards something at the future of PlayStation, but I don't think you're gonna get any kind of megatons here. I think that this is just meant to be, hey, we're talking this is PR stunt for everyone involved it doesn't sound you're gonna get anything so don't get too hyped up over thinking that we're gonna like a month after this big sony showcase we're gonna hear the future of playstation from a jim ryan fireside chat just throw that (laughs) out there
1: could you imagine if he's like yeah accidentally slips like the ps5 pro
0: (laughs) Ah, we believe in generations so much that we've decided to put a generation (laughs) in our generation
2: You know, I was just telling Phil Spence the day when we acquired Xbox that, um, oh wait, what is this? What
0: is this for? <laughs> Dude, that would actually be the greatest way to start the podcast, to start the chat, pre recorded and everything. Yeah. And then kind of look and go, mm, just kidding. Or am I?
1: <laughs> it's like that 30 million Game Pass number that happened this week.
0: Oh yeah, we're at thirty million, right? Um, uh, <laughs> the <announced> number. And <laughs> what, what's worse is that eighteen million is still a big number, but when you it screw is. up and almost double it, you <laughs>
2: well the thirty million it always like sounds a, bad. The thirty yeah. million was an accidental thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Take
1: two, was more or less. Just yeah. be candid. Yeah. Like, how is this? How many do you have? Like estimating,
2: people took it and ran it. All right, boys. I think <laughs> I think we somewhat decided the topic of the show earlier, but we'll get to the community's take. And for those that don't know, The Community's Take is where we ask you guys feedback on the topic of the previous episode. And you guys can give us that at our Discord, which is in the link description below, over at Patreon at patreon.com slash YouTube comments if you really want to, or of course Twitter over there at TriangleSQRD. And uh, if you have Facebook and you don't and you don't mind Facebook groups, you can find us at Triangle Squared a PlayStation podcast. Over on Discord, rude days at Patreon of ours, he said, well, I guess I should give context to what we asked. Uh, last week's topic was... Uh, what are some niche or genre bending games that you love? What are some genres you'd like to see come back as a mainstay, or what some they should be buried in the past? Rude Day says So I really like action slash horror mix that Resident Evil has become. I'm now playing through Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remake, but I feel like it's kind of killed off the survival horror games, especially the AAA kind. Hopefully, the seemingly 10 different Silent Hill games being made up can address that area. Another genre I hope comes back are stealth games. I feel Hitman brought some attention to it, but it definitely needs more of it. P.S. Haven't gotten to Resident Evil Seven, but I heard it kind of fits survival horror. Question mark. Uh, I could be. I could see that being about resource management. I, I, yeah. I, well, to I, be for all of them, kind of about that. Oh, yeah, well, not entirely, but yes, well, most of most two, of them. Two has are. the same resource management. I'm thinking that seven does in a way.
0: Materials um, and ammo and. But Hells I mean, I would definitely say I think Resident Evil Seven is probably the closest the series has gotten to survival horror in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I haven't played eight, so I, I don't want to say anything about. it. I can't, I can't speak on eight because I haven't
1: played it. Seven is more survival horror than eight.
0: Okay, I figured someone had mentioned to me that while eight has its moments, it's actually more action-y mm-hmm. than seven was. Which I think some of that comes to scale, right? I think part of what makes seven so scary and so or so more you know horror survival horror elements is that you're for 70% of the game, you're confined to a very small area. And even when you expand, it's not like a big expansive area that you're going to. They're very small areas that are more creepy because they have this feeling of like, this could almost happen to you. Like, yeah, (laughs) close enough, at least. Um, yeah, I think, uh, action horror clearly moved a lot as they wanted horror to stay in the mainstream. But the big question is, is can an entirely survival horror game, um, which survival already implies that guns can be part of it, right? <laughs> so, would you almost say, like, is Silent Hill just really a horror game? I mean, there's combat, but the combat's not important. And it's really just, it's not really robust. The combat in Silent Hill 2 actually kind of sucks. The game's amazing, but the combat sucks. Eh. To that degree, I think uh, the big question here is uh, it, for both of you, and I know the answer mm-hmm. for two is undoubtedly, what do y'all think? Uh, what would y'all classify Dead Space as? The first one, first one only.
1: Straight up horror. Yeah, I don't really
0: think it's survival horror. It's not survival horror, and it's certainly not action. I don't think it's Whoa. action horror. Uh, I mean, I think I I would put. Well, I guess the big question here is what is what is survival horror to you guys? Like, if you if you each had to give one example of what you consider to be a survival horror game, resource management. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, so y'all think Resident Evil then therefore would be more survival? I actually don't. I don't think I don't I don't
2: think Resident Evil is survival horror. Oh, you do don't me. think you've ever counted it as that? No, I mean unless unless you count like higher level difficulty to, uh resource um, Resident Evil games, um, where resources actually do matter, like um, grounded difficulty for Last of Us, like with ammo. Yeah, you know, I mean uh, I think that's fair. I guess I guess you could argue that the Last of Us is a survival horror
0: game on grounded. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> Well, and I guess that that's really the thing right because I guess when you think about a survival game in the way of like um of uh the forest that that's a survival that's a survival horror game if I've ever played one it is uh, that's a fantastic one. yeah like that. what you yes. outlast uh well yeah and if you think about the fact that outlast is a lot about battery management you know for your camera there is yeah. Well, survival's weird too in games, right? When you're talking about the idea of survival, what does that really mean? Is it just not getting caught? Is it not dying within the means of the game? Is it your character not dying? Is it actually trying to keep a character alive through like, like? Of course, you can do it where it's resource management, where it's not food based. But then yeah. there's games like The Forest where it is food based. Like it's you have to eat, you have to sleep. Where's well, actually too? you don't have to sleep in The Forest. Where's The Forest Two? Where is The Forest Two? Where yeah, where's Sons of the Forest or Sons of the Forest?
2: Yeah, that was supposed to release this year let's see get it to me Parker our buddy Sean over on discord uh, <laughs> aka root he's another patreon buddy of ours he says I really enjoy a good point and click adventure game especially the classics like monkey island and broken sword mm. they may have some ridiculous mes- methods for solving puzzles but the stories were great and often the humor was superb Graham Fandango still to this day has some of my all-time favorite characters
0: I need to play Graham that's I haven't played that one uh, I do have already, it downloaded
2: I, I know you have um but uh, the day of tentacles, no, the day of tentacles so is so good, it was amazing. <laughs> and here's the thing, I'm, I'm not that gonna lie, the day it came out. I never
0: really played much of those games. So when Saul was like, Yeah, I played that when I was a kid, I was like, Huh? And I, I kind of looked at the art, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I wrote that game off so hard, it's so good, but we got it for free. And yeah, the
2: day it came out on PlayStation Plus, I platinumed it.
0: This is one of those things where I was just looking at games that I could like try out, and I didn't know what I wanted to play, I was in a weird funk, and I thought, Well, Saul acted like that was an easy platinum which by the way it's it's not <laughs> i mean it's not hard either no it, no it's a it's pretty straightforward there's one part you can miss it, and it's, if you follow a god, yes if no. you don't follow a god, the puzzle solving in that game you know how long it took me to figure out i had to paint the tree red well okay the, you're, but <laughs> i would say i'm not even kidding
2: in terms of in terms of time allotted maybe but that's not difficult that's just time consuming. yeah you're, you're right
0: yeah but i guess okay let me go back I came in on the false premise that it was I've also a quick. Beat, I've also beaten the game. That, let, let me play. say that I yeah. beat the game exactly, the times and I had. So um, I came in falsely. There shouldn't was, have been being like, oh, this is an easy platinum. Saw got it, and I ended up actually falling in love with the game. Uh, and then I, when I got done, no, and then I immediately on. went. That's to, an easy
2: platinum. Saw got it. Go get Bloodborne. I did. Go get Bloodborne. Go get, <laughs> go get, go get it again. You got Bloodborne because of me. <laughs> oh well. To be fair,
0: every single thing that you did, I had to redo. I I didn't get the trophy for it, but I started from a new character and rebeat everything in the game. I gave. I would have gotten those. I would have got. You did give me the drive. I'll give you that.
1: Hey, he's Um, also got a mortal shell, so I can't really be on anyone's side here.
2: Go get mortal (laughs) shell. Mortal shell ain't that hard. Go get Titan Souls. Uh, Yeah, he wins. He wins. he wins. He wins. Over over on Facebook, our buddy Derek Porter, also a patron. Yeah, go get Final Fantasy Ten. He says, "I I don't like lightning." He says, I suppose Prey would fit in the niche category just because people didn't give it as much credit as it deserved. It's a first-person shooter with the ability elements similar to Bioshock, but story elements where your actions affect how it concludes. Very deep and thought-out story. I loved it, and I got the Platinum. Which, I actually do need to go back and play Prey. I want to get it on PlayStation, but it's free on Xbox. So it's just like... Oh, is
0: it really? Yeah, you're right. right. It is. Holy
2: crap, I'm about to go download it right now. There you go.
0: So, you know what's... (laughs) I've seen so many people and I'll tell you, I think Prey was a wrong place. Like I, I played at the wrong time. Uh, it got to be that thing where I started it and I just fell out of it for some reason, didn't go back. But I've seen so many people play Death Loop and be like, I gotta go back and play Prey, which both speaks to how good Deathloop is and hopefully how how good Prey is. Because I've seen both people who played Prey originally and beat it and loved it go back to it. And people be like, I really think I, I slept on that game. And I'm one of them. I need to go back and play it and beat it because, man, Deathloop is so fun. So uh, apparently there's like a Deathloop-esque DLC um, for Prey called like Moon. Crasher or something like that. I'm, I know I'm butchering that, but anyway, uh, the idea is like you run through like simulations and you have to do them like over and over again and change
2: different things within them. Um, Chad, he hits us with an anime game. He never lets me down. He says, 13 Sentinels: Aegis Rim, side-scrolling visual novel with multiple intertwining stories and real-time strategy combat."
0: That sounds sick,
1: Chris. You it's love that awesome. game, right? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I haven't finished it, but it's If, if
0: I remember, there's like 13 intersecting storylines, yeah. is the whole point of the 13 Sentinels. Correct. They so it, it's kind of like Octopath in terms of that there's oh, a bunch cool. of storylines
2: that come together. Uh, that's, uh, that's cool. That you're, You got me with the trope there that I like. Yeah. It's all, it, really it is well. all
1: straightforward. So Yeah. Like it's all uh, linear, sorry. Not like Octopath.
0: But Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. To where the idea is that you're going to have multiple characters' stories
2: come together to tell a bigger story yeah. but instead of Octopath
0: where you kind of like choose the order. Stories. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the last two we have are actually intertwined in a really cool way, and that is both Lou Davidson and Cal Grimm over on Twitter. They Luke Davidson starts off saying, I'd like to see SOCOM come back. Not sure if it was genre-bending di- by any means, but it was a good game. And then Cal also goes on to say, Desert Storm or SOCOM. Both were great games that I put a lot of time into as a kid.
0: Yeah, uh, we were talking about before, like, I don't really know... Which, of course, SOCOM is was not niche either. SOCOM was huge on PS2. Holy crap. Uh, and It even was decently big on PS3. But it is hard to say, like, do do people consider... Uh, completely separate because he still answered the question, but do people consider SOCOM genre-bending at all? Like, yeah. because of, because it's a third-person shooter that has the tactical elements within it? Like, is it Technically, is that genre bending toward third person? Um, or not
2: third person, but turn-based,
0: not turn-based, real-time strategy. I don't know.
2: See, I, I, to me, and this might be like me misremembering. So I, call it, I don't remember that being a massive factor of it. I remember it being like a tool you could use you didn't have to nor were you yeah I'm not a huge SOCOM,
0: Socom was best was to me online and, and that
2: was like literally multiplayer but the I, actual playing the story is I don't have much experience I with. played 2 and then the one on PSP and I don't remember using the squad functionality of it a lot yeah I remember um, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter which was a Ghost Recon game that came out on 360 way after uh, I they, that and then like the original Rainbow Six game on PC slash xbox and the one before that on pc those used it and those used it in like a you kind of got to use this or the hostage inside is gonna die and it's really tedious kind of way
0: yeah i got you yeah if you don't plan your moves out just right yeah i guess rainbow six still carries that with like siege it's just you're breaking it across a bunch of multiple players Yeah. yeah it's like hey we need
2: you to do this you to do that you to do that so we can guard the rooms out yeah it's cool um in terms of a main topic, did anybody actually bring something to the table this week? Because we did not discuss it before the show. But if you didn't, I think we could just go with, what do we think Bluepoint's working on? Because we spent so much time yeah. doing that with Bloodborne 2.
0: Might as well. At this point, I think that's a good thing to come back around to. And so, I'm genuinely curious to see anybody else's thoughts of what it could be. Because the thing is, is that PlayStation has so much IP that they could come back to. The question is, which one is and which ones don't have the weight of the people behind them. Like, I'm not saying they are, but but Bluepoint could try and make some kind of a new game from like since they oh remade God. Shadow of the Colossus and kind of look at that they could try to make a, another Shadow of the Colossus style game but do they run into the same problem that you spoke about with your thoughts on Bloodborne 2 to where someone would be like you wait is not part of it so it's not gonna it's not gonna work which might happen I don't you know that's there are games that have creators tied to them. Like, okay, so you know how for a while it was the idea was Metal Gear Solid. So what if this is a weird thing where, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say that the, the case was that Bluepoint was going to make a new Metal Gear Solid and that they were remaking Metal Gear Solid or something or that they learned from the remasters about how Metal Gear Solid feels and controls so they were going to make a new one. Does that have the same problem Be like, Kojima's not involved, so it's not going to be good? Because clearly that's what happened. Well, two that's things happened. That's what happened with Survive, but Survive was also not a Metal Gear game in any kind of spirit. And it happened technically to 5. And it happened at a bad time because of course everyone's going to complain about it not being Kojima when you just as we got to
2: see, fired him. I still you know? think, honestly, we're going to go back to Five Talk for just a second, but I still think that he had more of that story done than people like to give credit for. And then since they did not like it, they just blame it on Konami. I don't think that's actually the case because there's a lot of that game at the very end that feels like Kojima. And the, and it's like they either did a, a solid job of emulating him, which to be fair, it's not really hard to do. It's just I don't know. I felt like that that, that it worked out well. Now, well,
1: didn't, wasn't the whole thing with the ending that not that he didn't finish what he he didn't finish the game, but that he had another act that was supposed to be in that game. Then that, that's the, the, the I, part, I, that I, was th- the issue.
0: That's the rumor. It, that's yeah. that's
2: well, that's either a rumor or like a conspiracy theory, and it might be something else I'm thinking of. But there was like something they found in the game files, like through um, data mining and it was either Metal Gear Solid 5 or another game where there was like oh we're missing an act or a chapter and I don't remember if it was Metal Gear Solid or not where I'm thinking that specifically
0: well I remember to Chris's point people saying that that's what it was is that he had a bigger plan for the end and he was he he got forced to end the game there and then rushed to that to that end to begin with Yeah, I'm not sure and of course this is from somebody who has not beat Metal Gear Solid 5 so to be fair, I haven't. Either. I don't have a lot of. I don't have a lot I, of say in that yeah. one. Yeah, I didn't care for the way the game
2: played personally, Solid, but I
0: think is I expected something different from was the supposed game. to
2: have it. To be fair, it, it, the way it ended, I'm not going to say. Well, I'm not going to do another spoiler thing. I'm not going to say any spoilers, but the way it ended led into something else very clearly and easily. So that makes sense. Okay, but um, yeah, it's supposed to have a third chapter. Is what is what this Engadget article is saying. Huh. So. Um. So and, yeah, in terms of Blue Point I think they're working on, or I, I should say, I hope they're working on Metal Gear Solid 5 Chris, do you, you think they're working on Blue Bloodborne too? Do you? What do you hope they're working on? Is that it?
1: No. Um. I hope they're. I, I don't know. It depends. I guess if if I'm hoping for like a remake, yeah. It would be something like Soul Reaver, Legacy of Cain Um. But I, I mean, I hope they do their own new thing. I hope so- they do both.
0: I have a question for you. You know, we've been talking about Sony, like buying studios and then bolstering them up, and then even like bolstering their internal studios. Like Mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, uh, Guerrilla was a single studio, and of course, we saw them go into a two studio, uh, a two team studio. Um, So, arguably. Do you think that there's a way that they can kind of go through and like split their people up in a way of like, hey, for the people that really want to have a creative throughput on a new idea, this is you. But we're still going to have a team that's back here doing remakes. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah. I think like, that that's looks- already the case or mm-hmm. at least we'll come down the line after they get their own
1: I guess my original thing is, title out. I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to disparage Point when I say this, but I don't see a reason to block. To, Jesus. I don't see a remake to buy a port studio or a remake studio and then have them stop remaking games you know what i mean
0: i mean yeah because that's all they've ever done is right remasters and then moved into remakes but then again there was a clear path of that of you want to go from touching up other people's work and kind of working on it to building your own game from scratch that is just an exact homage to theirs to it would make sense the next logical step would be make my own game entirely so I don't think it's I, I don't I mean I get your point but well, I, I think it's more of the point of like, let them do that. But if there's still a group there that's interested yeah. in remaking, then oh, keep sure, their right? DNA that people love.
1: If they can still do both, then it makes complete sense. But if they're only going to make new games, right? Like if you think that Bluepoint is only going to make new games, then I don't think buying them makes any sense. You should have spent that money and gone to Remedy or someone like that. And be like, okay, you Who guys have to pedigree make- in that. Regard? Exactly. And making yeah. their own games because Bluepoint's pedigree is in remakes. So that, that to me is why you buy them. You know, you don't come to me at my restaurant and be like, hey, you're a really good chef. How do you feel about selling cars? You know what
0: I mean? Like,
1: that doesn't, you wouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's still the same industry though. It's more like, hey, you've built this f- successful restaurant on copying everyone else's re- okay, recipes. I'll give you a how better would you feel example. about coming into my new restaurant and making your own recipes? Okay. Buddy?
1: So, here 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 you go. You don't take me from a casual fi- casual dining burger place and be like, "Hey, how do you feel about running a high-end sushi restaurant?" Fair. Yeah. That's well, that that's a better example.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's kind of why the moves got done the way they were. Like, Hey, we're going to use you for a bunch of remasters. All right. Now we're Mm going to see what you can do if you work from ground up on making a game. Uh So you can show us, you have the chops to do that. And then we can actually, because one of the things in the, in the, the statement was that with Sony, now that we're under Sony and we have Sony's bespoke funding, they believe in us enough to fund this idea out. So I wonder how long this has been something they've wanted to do, but it was that they had to build up a relationship enough to get somebody to fund out their idea full-time by proving mm-hmm. themselves in another manner in a in an industry that didn't have a lot of people, right? Because Bluepoint came up at a time when remasters were still pretty new mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being a widespread industry thing, and they kind of cornered that market quickly. And we're seeing more remake studios come up now, but for a long time, it was Bluepoint. It was yeah, Blue Point with the remaster studio, and then they were the remake studio. And you're, you're right, they're doing that. But what if that was just their way of climbing so they could get recognition when it was going to be harder to do that if they were making only original games from day one?
1: For sure. Um, I will say that there was a there's a pretty reliable leaker that I follow who says that their game is Miles Morales-sized. And they're also remaking a beloved PlayStation IP. So,
0: well, see, and that's what I actually think is, is kind of the middle ground, right? Get yeah. you a middling, get a new game, stretch your creative wings, but don't dump everything into it necessarily mm-hmm. if you don't have to. Um, and then still do that. So, it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting to look at and say, uh, it's just, I don't know. There's, you know, I think so many people have this wish list of the games they wanted Blue Point to touch on, and it's all mm-hmm. remakes because nostalgia, like I talked about with Twisted Metal, is so heavy right now. They you also tease like six remakes. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you have people, everyone wants like the Legend of Dragoon remake. Everybody, I, no, I say everyone, a large that's section a, that's, of people that's want more Legend niche of Dra- than Dra- like
2: Demon Souls wasn't. Yeah, think.
0: exactly. That, that's way more niche <laughs> than yeah. Demon Souls was. Uh, and then you have other titles that people want, where it's even games that aren't Sony specific, which is kind of interesting. Hearing someone ask for Blue Point, now owned Conker. by Sony. Conker? Somebody said Conquer. How are Blue Point going <laughs> to? I guess maybe if you want to see what you're like, hey, what do you want Blue Point to remake next if they're not owned by Sony? Then fine. Conquer, I guess, is fine. But I think when you're looking at the idea of like, hey, you have this big close relationship with Sony and now you're owned by them, if remakes are still on the table, there's so many PlayStation IP that people are going to just be fawning yeah. over. And the question is, where do you go? There's people that want them and they've teased, of course, Syphon Filter remake. Yeah. And there's people that would jump all over that. There's people that would jump all over Legend of Dragoon remake. I guess the bigger question is, from a realistic remake standpoint what do you think cuz like i when konami wasn't interested in doing their own game stuff which is what we kind of had the assumption of for a while the idea kept being like okay well the answer to sony getting more stuff is just to license out konami games and give them to the Blue Point to remake and bam bam you get your you have your cake and you eat it too but now that konami is seemingly wanting to do this themselves the answer becomes like i don't think that the konami games play into this at all anymore right no, uh, well, no. I don't know. Well, <clears throat> Pro- probably, probably. I, mean, I
2: guess they still could technically. That's, that's yeah, because technically the the Konami stuff's rumor.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, and, and there's nothing about the even what we got from VGC that specifically says that Sony can't be doing something with Konami. You know, it's just we didn't get confirmation from that, and even then, that's still just rumors and reports. They're likely true. Sounds true. It's. I, I would be shocked if it wasn't real. Yeah, same. So the bigger question that comes down is the the Sony of it all, and why is this such a persistent rumor? That's the bigger question. Yeah, like is it just because you keep getting people who want to come out as fake leakers who just because they love the idea and they? Do you think it's people hoping that they can rumor it into existence by being like, if we keep making a rumor and keep people keep showing hype about it, Sony would be like, maybe this isn't a
2: bad idea. (laughs) All right, so like, there's. I actually highly suggest anybody go look at it. It's the gaming is' called this it's the it's r slash gaming leaks and rumors subreddit mm-hmm. that is the subreddit to go to involving stuff like this because they have people that like vet these leakers and like they have people who like who have apparently a lot of free time to slew through everybody's Twitter and stuff like that to see like how many times they're right and how many times they're wrong and and just weird baloney things so like I highly suggest that subreddit for stuff like this. They they were kind of interested in or in, they're interesting in stuff like this, so
1: Yeah, that's where I get a lot of my stuff.
2: Yeah. Apparently I've just not been using Reddit, right? Which I, I don't use Reddit very often. Um, I was dude when you're like trying to Google that Yu Gi Oh deck last night or me whatever, out. I was like, dude, I, I can't tell you how to search something on Reddit because you don't. Reddit, yeah, Reddit. <laughs> I, Chris, yeah, Chris can vouch for that. You don't search things on Reddit. It's impossible to find stuff. Yeah. yeah it, from what
0: I understood yesterday, Reddit is just you see it when it happens or you don't see it you at see all. You see it
2: when it happens and you save it. If
0: you don't save it, good luck finding it again. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Saul so I and I were talking about a deck list and I wanted to go check it out. And I searched for like 30 minutes <laughs> and I could not find it.
2: And I told him, like, you, you could search a keyword on Reddit. You're not, you, the first thing's not going to be something that has that keyword in it. It's just going to be something random. Completely missing. Yeah. So, but, all right. Well, people, we ask you to answer the question that we talked about talked about today is what do you want to see blue Planet do what do you think blue point is doing so a part a and b of that question and like i said earlier you could uh ask that or answer that question uh over at uh, triangle sqrd that's our twitter handle um youtube comments if you so desire our facebook group triangle square to playstation podcast the discord which is linked in the description below and of course lastly but not uh the, it's not the important one obviously but it's patreon.com slash nartech and that is where, in just in case you do want to support us, at only a dollar a month, you can help us with all kinds of little things. Um, these little dinosaur, uh, this little dinosaur guy right here, like little set decorations that we do. I had to pay uh, my wife back for that. The uh, the lights that we that we so do, the, everything that you know, everything involved in the set and everything involved in the show. If we need something, an adapter or something like when we stream a game, hint hint, um, and we need it then we have it thanks to you guys. So over at patreon.com slash nartech, we love your support. And of course, every single week, Brett will read off their names live. And uh, that's what's going to happen now. We thank you all for this episode and we'll see you all next time. (laughs)
0: yeah guys thank you we'll see you for i guess what 232? It's 232 is 231 look at that the, the it just keeps building and keeps building but huge Bye. shout out to our patrons ham and egger bailey robertson J- josh drago mark schutz cypher primus kyle grimm richard schaefer rude days 93 joshua lago landis zachary sawyer kevin bacon bits luke rabbit danny villiobos Jehudi md sean Derek porter Corey hickerson Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, The Stonard, Josh Jarrell, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist. My name is Dan. Thank you all so much. And remember, if you want to become a patron, head over to slash nartech. Thank you.